in a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What's up, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest-running Panthers podcast on the interwebs. Tonight, we've got a good show for you. Ben McAdoo meets Charlotte Media. Oh, Phil Snow was out there scruffy and gruffy and telling the honest truth. No Pinocchio knows on old uh, Phil Snow for sure. So we've got that. We've got a lot of audio and clips to go from that. McAdoo also announced that Sam Darnold was the starter and uh, his, he also discussed his vision of the offense while Phil Snow discussed the new additions and the new faces and one who is absent and Damian Wilson, who was arrested this past week. So we've got that and the Rock Hill practice squad or facility is dead while the draft is around the corner. And I tell you, it's the same conversation in the media and all of that. What will the Panthers do next Thursday? But we'll be here with the C3 Panthers live NFL draft party starting an hour before the draft, which I believe that makes it 7 o'clock. We'll be rocking and rolling. I've already been in contact with some Panthers media trying to get us uh, some some their insight on draft day, all of that. And you know who you do it with, my co-host, my wheel man, Cody Lashney. How you doing, my friend? Tony Don, I'm doing better than Rock Hill after David Tepper has officially cut the ties on any practice facility being there. The draft draws ever near. Um, we have a ton to talk about tonight, man. We always find something to talk about. Damian Wilson. Um, we're also going to be talking about these coaches, Ben McAdoo, and giving Sam Donald something of an endorsement, then immediately walking it back after putting his foot in his mouth. Um, uh, stuff about Steve Wilkes, Phil Snow, man, we've got a slam pack show for the viewers tonight. And Tony Don, you already know we're going to do it with the best Panther fans and all the YouTube. I'm talking about my man, Drew, ATX19, CJA, Craig Carter, D'Angelo, the legend, the real zero chill, Jeff R, Joey, the blind Panther, Esquivel, Mile High Joe, Panthers are kings. Pipe Slinger, Ted Sims, Tim Estes, Tin, Tizzy, Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. The voice that makes him moist. CK in the house, how you doing? Oh, you know, just happy to be here with you boys here on this fine Tuesday evening as the draft draws ever so close. We're going to have a lot of discussions, I think, but I'm, 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 you know, glad we had some press conferences to review for tonight's show because it was going to be uh, a desert of uh, content tonight had that uh, press conference not taking place. So oh, that's the truth. I'm ready to get into it. Greg, uh, the man of many pennies, the man of mo- of many repairs. How are you? Slayer of black mold. Yes, sir. <laughs> for weeks now. Uh, I'm doing all right, man. Um, you know, just here to talk Panthers football with you guys. It's always a fun time. So, you know, I feel like a puppy because whenever I'm not here, it feels like I haven't talked to y'all in a million years. You know, like puppies yeah. have no concept of time. So, like, when you're right, gone for like 10 they get minutes, home, they you just were gone years. for an hour and you're so yeah. excited to see us. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, well, we're glad to have you back, folks. The number is 252 228 5098. You can call in and be a part of the show. Don't forget, next Thursday, it's a big day. It's a big day. It's a big party for us. And uh, I feel like 
maybe we should do the dra- a draft giveaway. If you go in the Discord, uh, CK, you know Discord. I'm not good right. at Discord, but well, I mean, I know it if I mess with it. But um, we have a um, a little room from last year, the draft giveaway. Right. Uh, so how can they access? They just got to go to our server, and can they then see that? Yeah, yeah. As long as they uh, use that invite link, uh, which we may need to update, and we'll have to check it out and have somebody maybe test it out for us. Give me um, a but minute. as long as you I'll go to that it here in the chat too. Yeah, go to that link that uh, that invite link and just join the Discord, and you should have all the all the necessary. Because I don't think that that's one that requires permission. So if you've joined the Discord and you know you see that, you should okay, be able to. Okay, so make they any- can. If you can uh, join the Discord, folks, you go over there and uh, you go to the draft giveaway server in the Discord. And what I need you guys to do, we're going to give away some prizes on draft night. But what we did last year is you got to do the top 10 picks. You submit the order of the draft, right? It's like what will happen? The top 10 picks, player name, player name uh in order doesn't even matter like is a one through ten right you do the player then uh the player's name we're going to calculate who gets the most out of the top ten there'll be extra points for basically uh if you get it in the right position right if you get the guy that's three you know what i'm saying we'll do something like yep. two points for that um the panthers pick himself if you get the panthers pick right that will be a bonus so that will count uh, more towards it. Uh, and then we'll kind of settle who wins or the winners based on just like the most at right at a top 10. So right. that's how we'll calculate those. So go to the discord, uh, put your draft picks in, um, make sure you do it in. And then some ways, like just make sure you mention us or somehow so that I know to make sure we get them. They're in order, all of that stuff. Um, and we'll give away some cool stuff on Thursday night. It's always a fun time. A lot of people uh, popping in and around. And with the Panthers picking at six, the Detroit Lions at two. And so, you know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of excitement. And even Ben McAdoo mentioned it, is that there's a lot of exciting talent. Uh, and part of the excitement surrounding this draft is the uncertainty of who the guy is for all these teams. I mean, you don't even know who the first pick of the draft really is. And we know jacksonville uh, we know they have a quarterback we know they have some talent on the offensive line and we still don't know who they're picking first right so it's going to be very exciting um that's it i think let's go ahead and get into the show here tonight's show media meets mcadoo ben mcadoo actually i wrote it in the an actual title of youtube a little different to maybe cop the hit the seo a little bit better ben mcadoo meets carolina media um you guys have thoughts before we start getting into some clips about um, not not talking specifics about what he said because we got plenty of clips to dive into, but just initial yep. impressions of Ben McAdoo? Um, uh, so listen, I kind of think, you know, uh, if you look at what the Panthers wanted to do, they wanted a, an offensive coordinator that had uh, a history of calling plays that had tenure in the NFL that's done this before. And uh, I said this after we hired McAdoo, this was the best that we were going to do when you're not hiring a head coach. You know, there aren't too many offensive coordinators that want to come to a place where the head coach is on the hot seat. 
you know, again, you're just there's so much instability right now, um, involving just the Panthers in general, man. Not even Matt Rule, but when you factor in everything with this training facility, everything that's going on, um, you know, Ben McAdoo was the the best that we could do, and um, you know, maybe I'm a glutton for punishment, but I'm gonna give Ben McAdoo the same treatment that I gave Matt Rule last year. And that I'm going to throw away any and all of my preconceived notions about Matt, about Ben McAdoo. He has a, a rebuilt offensive line, which probably isn't done being built uh, with the draft here coming up. Um, you also have someone who was a head coach uh, in the NFL prior. So I like him. You know, it, it's hard for me to come to too many opinions about the man just yet. I feel like we're still kind of getting to know him. And what he's all about, but um, based on some of the clips that we have prepared here, Tony, and just listening to him, I like him. He seems to have a good head on his shoulders. He seems to have, um, you know, at least from what he says, he seems to have a clear vision for what he and this Panthers team wants the offense to be. Um, yeah, minus some Sam Darnold stuff, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um. You know, I'm not I'm not hating what he has to say so far. I can't uh, imagine a better even given the circumstances, like you said, of how difficult it probably would be to court somebody uh, to Carolina uh, with that type of uncertainty. Even if the circumstances were better, I don't know if uh, there's really much of a better coordinator you can or a person you can pick and i know that's going to sound crazy because what i'm saying is that other people that you would select are all roll of the dice people it's like we weren't right. we don't really know anything about them they wouldn't have a lot of experience and like maybe that would be awesome but we don't have any data on them at least with ben mcadoo he's been a good coordinator in this league you know he right. has that experience that's going to add to one of the the problems with the Carolina Panthers is a lack of experience, NFL experience in the in the coaching, um, in, among the coaching staff in general. Um, he, I don't know, is like is at the end of the day is just like is like who else? What do you mean, like North Turner? You know, it's like what are you? You're either going right. to get an unknown co- commodity or a so hot of a name they're going to try to get a head coaching job, which you're not going to be able to get that, right? I mean, I don't know really what how you could be much better, particularly the need to groom a quarterback. And he has been known as he's at least been associated somehow with good quarterbacks in the past, whether it was his time in Green Bay, where um, I think he what, did a year as a quarterback's coach there. He was tight ends coach yep. before that. Um, and then his success, kind of the rejuvenation of Eli Manning, the only down part of Ben McAdoo was his head coaching period. And I guess there was one controversy when it came to quarterbacks at that time, he benched Eli Manning around the time. I think Eli was like continuing to give the most consecutive starts. It was like something like that too. I remember that, that being a stat that Eli had owned or, or something to that effect. And then Geno Smith was the guy. Um, But cool is that he's been kind of known for um, picking some quarterbacks and getting them right at least in commentary for the draft yeah well let's jump into some of these clips here tony um and again i kind of just gave him like um 
you know, some, some praises saying I like some of the things that he said, but by far the most, you know, controversial thing that was said was surrounding Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually said that he saw magic in Sam Darnold's game. I'll let you hear it from the man himself. Wonder kind of if your opinion had changed at all over the years or just sort of what your opinion is of Sam. Yeah, you know, uh, Sam was one of the things, uh, one of the people that intrigued me to the job, to be honest with you. I, You know, I think Sam does have some magic in his game. I think he's got some athleticism to him. Uh, I'm excited to work with Sam, and uh, we've been working the last few days here uh, to kind of get up to speed on the offense. And he's shown uh, flashes of being a good player in this league and, you know, uh, working together. Hopefully we can get that to show up more consistently. That same article, you you mentioned Baker, and you said he had an edge to his game, which you liked, but you weren't sold necessarily on his athleticism. Any any change on how you view Baker over the years? I'd love to be able to comment on your question, but this isn't my first rodeo. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to keep the comments to the players on our roster right now. It's funny that Joe Person even thought that he would answer that question. Like, you know he's not going to speak on a quarterback that could potentially be ours. Like, they're basically – they're trying to probe and see if they think Baker Mayfield is a viable option for us, which good on Joe for, you know, at least trying to probe. Uh, You're you're muted, by the way. Yeah, they they also asked him a lot of questions about the draft, about specific stuff. You're like, you know he's not going to answer you any on that. I um, guess you have to if you're a media member a little bit. I like I like that answer. I'm fine with it. Like, look, is, yeah. uh, number one is that's what he said in the article. He used the term magic in his game, right? And he's talking about him as a c- kid coming out of college. Like, there's moments you see some really cool stuff happen, and it's just about consistency and not turning the ball over, which they mentioned at another point in the press conference is like the key to getting this offense going is just to keep the ball, keep better care of the ball. So what is he supposed to say? You know what I'm saying? He's like, there's good things about about Sam Darnold, like his potential only 24 years old has the physical attributes to do things. But what's the real problem with Sam Darnold is that you don't know what you're going to get on any given play. Yeah. Well, the the thing that I I like I maybe take a bit of exception with with that that uh, that that clip is he was asked about his article right that he had or the, an article that he was a part of where he had before pre draft of when Sam was being drafted he had said that he thought that Sam had magic in his game right and so yeah. he was kind of you know responding to that and so he was you know that those words aren't necessarily ones that he probably would utter right now. But because that is something that he has said previously, I think that it's almost something that he has to kind of, yeah, uh, he has you know, to use that terminology. He has to at use least. it, and yep. and and so I I kind of take a little bit of exception with that because it is somewhat out of context. Because I mean, he is saying it. Don't get me wrong, but he's not. It's not like he's just making up that term now based on how he's played in the right. NFL. He's basing right. it off of what he's seen in 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 his game in college. And but he also what we don't see is where. Ben McAdoo had talked about what he his opinion was of of Sam prior to the draft, and that he wasn't a big fan of Sam Darnold as a he said he had some ma- magic in his game, but it was ultimately a negative thing yeah. that he didn't yeah. like Sam Darnold as a quarterback for their team. So yeah. I mean, even and he happened he, to be right about why it's like problems yeah. with his nervous defeat, the turnovers. Right. 
So, uh, can I show everybody why he was trending on Twitter today? Yes, because, please. Uh, I mean, it was, it was, dude, it's honestly hilarious. It's only 16 seconds, but it's great. And I'm going to be honest, it kind of endeared me a little more to Ben McAdoo because, especially after doing the podcast so long, we know what it's like to fuck up and say some things that maybe you shouldn't have said. <laughs> but, and you look at Sam as your starting quarterback. Sam is our starting quarterback, yes. One minute, 37 seconds later. You know, one of the things I've been working on is being better talking to you people. So, you know, announcing the starting quarterback here, I just put my foot in the mouth. So I, that wasn't something I should have said. And you- <laughs> I love it, dude. I mean, it's like, you know, I don't, I don't think he revealed much of anything, to be honest. Like, uh, right. like jo- uh, Josh in the, in the chat just said, uh, you know, that's pretty much what he has to say right now. I mean, that's he the is only the thing. starting yeah, quarterback I mean, right now. Is it's yeah. not PJ Walker? It's not like it was, you know, it was far fetched for him to say that right now. If you look at the roster, he is our starting quarterback. Right. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to continue to be our starting quarterback. Um, and I think that if they do have plans of him being the starting quarterback, then I kind of think, and I put this on Twitter. If Matt Rule is really okay with Sam Darnold being the starter this year, then it makes me believe that Todd McShay report even more. That Matt Rule would gladly jump at the opportunity to return back to the college game. And starting Sam Darnold is like a means to an end, the shortest path to that happening. So I don't know. I don't believe it. I know a lot of other Panther personalities think that it's impossible that we draft a quarterback at six. I do not. I really do think that is a part of the conversation at six, along with some of these top offensive tackle guys. Yeah. I think there's a possibility that Sam Darnold is the starter in week one. I think that's a very realistic possibility, even if we draft a quarterback. Now, will he be the starter in week 10? I don't know. Right. And I mean, there is, and then I do also think there's a possibility the Panthers uh, find a way to get rid of Sam Darnold and find somebody else, some other bum to replace him, like Baker Mayfield and things like that. But I, I think if anything, McAdoo probably for him putting his foot in his mouth here is more what I think is he's probably saying, man, I got, I'm just a coordinator. You know, like at the end of the day, is that like maybe what he it wasn't him falsely saying Sam Darnold right. was the starter, but like that's Matt Rule's call, mm-hmm. that's Fitterer's call going into this, and a lot of people are talking to McAdoo um, about this this Sam Darnold and these trade possibilities and even the draft. Like he is like got more, so much influence, which I don't think is the case. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. I think he they'll listen to him. But he's not just walking in there and like, oh, man, I'm about to be the interim head coach. Right. Well, the way he answered it almost makes it sound like he was thinking of how to think about what he was saying before he said it. You know, like when you ask somebody a question, they repeat it back to you. It's almost like they're asking, looking for a searching for the answer because he just repeated repeated the question back. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Darnold is a starting cornerback. Like, like he was thinking about right. How he yeah, wants to say. That's a good point. So maybe he knows there's something else is going on, and he's just yes. Sam Darnold is our starting quarterback, and has to say that for right now. You know. 
he is known for talking about quarterbacks, and that was a big focus of today, Cody, is let's go yeah. ahead and queue up. He was asked, I thought this was a good question, is how do you and your evaluation process, what do you think about the argument between and what we hear as this pro readiness versus yeah. QB traits, like in betting on the future, and I thought this was a, good, a cool answer. traits versus the readiness to contribute immediately. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a big swing for the fences kind of guy. So just cause you're ready, doesn't mean you're going to be the best. Uh, but ready does factor Ooh. in some scenarios. I think that, um, you know, experience obviously, obviously helps the more games you play helps. I think your experiences under what type of system you played in may help some guys over others or, and I also think maybe experiences in all-star games may help some guys over others. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to pick a player that you're going to be happy with at that position, hopefully for the next decade. And readiness, it plays a part, but it's not everything. I could follow up, evaluate. Yeah, I, I, look, I love that answer. And I'm going to be real with you, man. I, I feel better about the draft knowing that Ben McAdoo is going to be a part of this process. Yes. Because of that, because of that mm. first thing that you just said, just because you have a more ready and prepared quarterback doesn't mean they're going to be better long term. Yeah, mm. maybe Kenny Pickett is ready to step into our offense and be the leader. But is he actually capable of doing all the things that, say, a Malik Willis or a Matt Corral is capable of? That's a legit question that I think yeah. has been the question of the last three drafts. If I'm being honest, when you have mm -hmm. these quarterbacks that are coming into the NFL, they're all coming from spread offenses that don't require full field reads. It's like they're none of them are really ready. None you know what I'm saying? Them. Even the most pro ready supposedly is yes. still not. They still have never played a snap in the NFL. The speed, Trevor Lawrence the didn't play a snap under center while at Clemson. Yeah. So it, it's like. These quarterbacks are coming in. They're not in a pro-style offense. And th that's why it kind of infuriates me talking about, oh, well, we'll just get a guy next year. Well, realize that a lot of the trepidations that people are having on the quarterbacks in this class are still going to be there right. next year. Bryce mm -hmm. Young from Alabama comes from a spread offense. And by the way, he's like 5'11". Yeah, yeah, he's like 5'11", uh, yeah. 190 pounds soaking wet. So it's like. You know, from a physical perspective, some of these guys are actually comparable with some of the guys that are supposed to be, you know, a part of this better draft class coming out next year. So mm -hmm. I love that answer. I think it was very nuanced. And I think that it was prevalent considering the conversations that we're all having around the draft. Well, there's there's a fine line between readiness and talent that you need, though, because the best thing about it is you can learn readiness. You can you can achieve readiness. You can't sometimes gain can't talent. Teach you can learn new tricks, but you you're you're probably as fast as you're going to get. You're probably as strong as you're going to get. I mean, yeah, of course you can get, but generally it's easier to learn the ways of the NFL than to learn how to become a better athlete. Yes, I mean, I mean you can't. I mean, is you uh you can't teach speed. That's what they say. Is you can't te teach speed. The other thing, I I think I came away liking McAdoo after this interview. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm like, he's going to be the best thing ever. I don't know about that. He could, for all I know, but I didn't feel worse about the Carolina Panthers, about the Ben McAdoo selection. 
is if anything, I like him already more than I like Matt Rule. Can I can I say like I have I don't know what it is, but it's just now dawning on me. I know we've talked about the fact that they did somewhat of an overcorrection, but we have two people on this team as coaches that have been head coaches in the NFL. Like Oh, Steve Wilkes too. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Wilkes, Ben McAdoo, and you know, if you want to consider Matt Rule, right? I mean, you have like I don't care like whether they were successful or not, like there is a level of of understanding of what it takes to be a co- coach in this league that I think when you see people drop back from being head coaches, they tend to have some sort of success in some fashion going back to a position that they're they were used to, you know, similar to maybe a Dan Quinn. You know, heading over to 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 Dallas, or you know, I'm, I'm sure there's probably any any measure of people that you could probably point to to have that have success going back to a position that 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 they they were successful at prior to becoming a head coach. So um, I'm confident. Like I, I as much as we want to, like I think that a lot of people, even the media, are going to want to laugh and joke about Ben McAdoo, and maybe I shouldn't have said that and all that stuff. Which you know, in in hindsight, is hysterical. But at the end of the day, like I think that. He is a uh, he is making kind of restoring a little bit of faith in the team, and this is blind optimism. I think we all have to have if you're actually a Carolina Panthers. Sure, fan, we got to see it. We got to right. see it. I mean, it's got he's got to go out there and all of a sudden make this offense exactly. uh, better. But at first, it's not going to be that hard to make it better, right? No, it was so bad. I mean, like, is that <laughs> if it gets worse than that? I mean, like, good goodness. But uh, is, that's but here kind of- is. It's it's a been there before, man. Look, he didn't seem look, he has been in these press conferences mm-hmm. as a head coach in a very big market, right? Like for him, Charlotte, there ain't no pressure on this mug right now in Charlotte. I wish somebody would have asked him about Gardner Minshew, though. Oh, um, there we go. <laughs> hey, that actually is a good segue right into this next clip that you have. Uh uh it's and this has been McAdoo talking about his own personal growth. And uh, I, I found I found in every clip and every single thing that we're going to play here, I found some really poignant answers. And I like this one as well. We all know their coaches are hired to be fired in this business. And I was blessed to have the opportunities I've had in the past. And I'm blessed to have this one uh, during my time away. I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, either watching tape, uh, talking to people who can help me. You know, one of the things I've been working on is being better talking to you people. So. You know, announcing the starting quarterback here, I just put my foot in the mouth. So I, that wasn't something I should have said. But, uh, uh, you know, so I spent some time visiting some different uh, different camps and uh, talking to a lot of coaches, a lot of different players. Had a chance to work down in Jacksonville uh, with a good group of coaches. We had a rough year, but had a chance to learn a different system there. And then being in Dallas last year, uh, you know, being with Mike and just seeing how he created the culture there in Dallas and working with Dan Quinn on defense and Kellen Moore on offense and uh, just having to, you know, learn diff both sides of the ball and, and work on both sides of the ball was a lot of fun. You know, put a spin on both sides of the ball for both different coordinators. We all know they're. Yeah, I mean, so it, it seems like uh, he, my man's done a little bit of growing up and, and evolving since the last time that. You know, people have really got to hear him speak at large. And, and hey, man, uh, how about what my man Matt Knows Nothing pointed out? His hair is on point. 
You know, yeah. he used to have the slick back kind well, of. Well, yeah, that was the second year as head coach. He yeah, but like now that. he's back to just the all natural look, man. Uh, so kudos to him. I'm a hair man myself, you know. So he looks like, uh, and maybe some of the Panthers historians can help me. It's like he kind of reminds me of those coordinators we had a couple of years before under John Fox. Uh, there was a couple of guys and people didn't like them. God, what was his name? Dark haired guy, mustache, short hair though. But, uh, you know, look, is that he is, uh, he's been there. He's been there and he's been in a lot of different systems. And I think that sometimes that has taken maybe some of the sting and the pressure off of what happened in New York. You know, went into Jacksonville, but he wasn't an offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. He was a quarterback's coach there, um, consultant in Dallas. And uh, maybe he's kind of bringing it all together. And this is, if anything, you got to worry if you're Matt Rule is that one of these guys will be the interim head coach before the end of the year. Um, not only do you have Steve Wilkes, who is a remarkably smart and has had some uh, one year of head coaching experience. The what's the is the offensive line coach they brought in from Green Bay, Camden or something like that. Uh, I forget his name, but he's been in the league forever. There's all yeah. these guys are. Does that name ring a bell? Jeff Davidson. That's right. That's who he, but that's like, yeah, that's exactly who I was thinking of. Um, so there's a lot of experience. In fact, the, probably the weakest link on the team is the head coach. I mean, there's no probably about it. And you know, we're, uh, we're actually going to hear from Phil Snow here. And I think look, as Panther nation, if you're going to pick a favorite head coach out of the bunch that we have right now, Phil Snow is the guy. Phil Snow is the one that, that's given us the, the the defense that was looking good up until it didn't look good. Um, but, you know, it, it, the Panthers have always been a defensive football team, and it seemed like Phil Snow would, um, you know, kind of continue that. And Matt Rule, it, it, again, it's like no one really believes in this man, and no one is going to believe in Matt Rule until he gives us a reason to. This is a prove-it business, man. It's results-oriented. And I, I think, um, truly, d- depending on how this draft goes, Matt Rule will have no excuses given to him. Uh, when, when you look at the coaches and the offensive line pieces that we brought in, um, he's definitely the weakest link out of, our, out of all the members of our coaching staff. The saddest uh, let's thing go ahead, is- and- go ahead, Greg. I was going to say the saddest thing is he's been given more with and done less than any other coach I'm willing to bet that we've had in in Panthers history. Like that's, it, rule. that's you know yeah rule with, with the offensive yeah. weapons he's had and now the offensive line which we've been desperate need for for years they they've upgraded that finally this year he's gotten more with and done less than anything anybody else. But isn't isn't that a testament to what some of these lawsuits in the NFL are kind of based around? Um, against like you know Steve Wilkes and Brian Flores and everything they have again, like Steve Wilkes got one year, one yeah. year after the and, and that's he didn't get the benefit of Kyler Murray. He got uh Josh Rosen was his the guy that they were drafting the year that he became a head coach, right? And we could put that on him, but that's also a draft. Like dude just took that head coaching job. And they they drafted this guy, and and then they I mean yes they didn't do good that year. Don't get me wrong, but like, isn't that a same thing? Like when you look at what has happened, like their their year wasn't worse than our year was. If anything, they made better quarterback or better decisions 
as a as a as a franchise than we did and matt rule is still the quarter the head coach yeah I think that that's just the sometimes the nature of the time and the place. And unfortunately, Steve Wilkes is a minority coach, right? And Flor, well, Flores got a couple of years, right? Two or three. Uh, he um, got two. Yeah, in successful yeah. years, by the way. Yeah, Not even now, that one just that one's just bizarre, right? The whole Flores thing. Obviously, there was some ca- you know, there was like a caustic relationship between him and the owner there. And on top of that, they have a minority GM. They have a black GM, so it's not like, I mean, there's a, some, there's so some the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, and Jordan, the Black Panther makes a good point too. Steve Wilkes got fired a year after the general manager got caught with the uh, he got a DUI. He had also given them all the you know the bad talent and all the yeah. bad failed picks. And yet he's still there. And uh, I mean, it sucks. It sucks to be that guy. But I mean, sometimes you just or you go you walk into a situation where the owner and the GM got a better relationship. Look at what's going on in Jacksonville, you know, with Jacksonville. I think it was right. Isn't that the one that they were all going crazy and they wanted to bring in Byron Leftwich and stuff like this? And then they just go, you know, is that that GM has gotten a ton of leeway. And Arizona was clearly one of those things. And Steve Wilkes just got the short end of the stick, and it sucks. He had something like 450 roster moves that year. <laughs> like they just had, like, it was like they were bringing dudes in off the street. It was a tough was situation ridiculous. for Wilkes. Speaking of different groups, let's play the different group clip uh, because uh, this was the first one that was asked to Phil Snow about the new faces and how a defense was going to look uh, this year because last year, you go, oh, man, this defense is – and we might hear how they were second-best defense, which is not true, all of this mess. But uh, this is a new bunch. Well, you know, every year is new. Um, you know, um, so this group is different than last year's group. And how we develop and, and progress and communicate and our leadership, all those things have to be developed, you know, over the next six months. So, um, but I'm really excited, and I think our whole organization is with who we have on defense. Uh, we've got an outstanding group. You know, the two areas that if we want to be a championship defense, we have to get more turnovers, and we got to play better in the red zone. So those will be the focus um, over the next six months, um, along with developing our leadership and communication and just our depth and our football team. So, uh, but I'm really excited about this group, and and I'm excited about the two new coaches we've added and Steve Wilkes and Paul Pascaloni. So, um, you know. Uh... So there is a, this is a new year. There are new faces. There were a lot of, there's some questions about these new faces, the Leonidas who's that's not how you say his name. I learned that today. They said it much differently when they were asking questions about them. So we got some, you know, Hassan Reddick is gone. You're going to try to have some different answers on the outside. Um, there's still questions about how this linebacker room is going to look now that um, with Shaq having a good year last year, but one of your free agent guys, Damian Wilson, is brought in uh, and he uh, is arrested. We'll talk about that in a little while. And then you um, maybe what is probably most exciting about this team is the secondary at this point, despite losing Stefan Gilmore. There's some players back there you bring back Dante Jackson JC Horn's coming back healthy Jeremy Chin playing at safety you bring back Justin Burris at safety as well as 
Xavier Woods, if my that's the new player on the team, I believe. Yeah. So uh, and CJ Henderson, you get uh, a court, you know, some talent there. You know, you got some bodies uh, that maybe can withstand some injury. You know, a little more more depth there. So this is a new group, but I I think that there's some there's some good things they can work with, Cody. Yeah, I mean, um, listen, like I said earlier, I mean, Phil Snow, that's 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 my favorite coach on the team, right? Um, and then he mentioned a lot of the things that they want to get better at, and he said red zone. And I think offense and defense, the Panthers need to be a better red zone football team. I mean, I, I would even dare to say that some of our best defenses, we've been a bend-don't-break kind of defense where they might be able to move up and down the field, but, man, when it gets to the red zone, this defense would clamp down yeah, on you. That. Yeah, just savage. And I think that our defense um, could really re- uh, use a return to form and, and go back to that kind of style. Um, and then partly um, it was discussed some of the ways in which the Panthers might be able to do that. And, and then Jeremy Chen was mentioned. And Jeremy Chen... You know, a lot of Panther fans have been talking, well, maybe we should move Jeremy Chen to linebacker and, and just kind of let him be that fast fly around linebacker presence in our secondary. Well, uh, Phil Snow was, uh, you know, doing his interview and he actually gave us Steve, Steve Wilkes's opinion on Jeremy Chen. And this is what Steve Wilkes had to say via Phil Snow. Coach Wilkes came in and, um, I said, Steve, I want you to watch Jeremy and and um, tell me what you think. And he said, Coach, I think he can be an all-pro safety. So, and that's, uh, my feeling was the same. After one year playing safety, um, you know, I think if we just settle him in at the safety position and all the different stuff we do with the safeties, that, um, you know, he's going to be a really – really effective and, and, and great Panther back there. So uh, I'm excited about Jeremy staying back there. What was kind of wild about this to me is uh, the certainty that you want to have Jeremy Chen back there at safety. But then you go and get, bring back a set, you know, you kind of do two guys in free agency, Justin Burris, Xavier Woods at safety. Uh, and he said even... And uh, when they were asking him about some things that you still need to do that you could do for this defense, he basically said one guy at each level. Like, yeah. I'd love to have one guy on the defensive front, one guy in the linebacker, and maybe a safety. And I was thinking, God, how many safeties Does are we going to have? Yeah. A little shell-shocked, I think. He mentioned, too, that the problem with that, that team is that they didn't even have a starting safety available at the end of the last yeah. season. So probably yeah. a little worried about that and really uh, trying to cultivate some depth there. Jeremy Chen, uh, I like that they maybe, that maybe Steve Wilkes has the vision for him. And Steve right. Wilkes is the teacher, too, that could – not that Jeremy – I mean, obviously, Jeremy Chen hasn't had trouble picking things up. It sure hasn't felt that way. He's not been a weak link at this team in this team at all. Um, but maybe it's like, man, may, you could if – like all pro. Like, now we talking, like – who would that? Who would be he be comparable to? Like the Honey Badger, or? Uh, I mean, you know, it wouldn't be a free safety. I mean, right? It wouldn't be like 
Ed Reed or something. It would no, be I like, mean, I think you're hoping for like a Troy Palomalu type of player. Right? Yeah, right? there we go. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a Troy Palomalu type of guy that can just be, you know, aggressive, <clears throat> fast, in your face. Um, and, and by the way, a lot of those tendencies are, are, are very clearly displayed in Jeremy Chen. I mean, his closing ability and his nose for the football is second to none. I believe he was our leading tackler for two years in a row now, I believe. Um, I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me, but I think that's true. Um, and then this is partly the reason why so many people do want to move him to linebacker because he does have that um, set of traits and skill set that does kind of um, connect nicely to that middle uh, section of our defense. But I, I agree with Steve Wilkes, man. I think that, you know, on this offense and defense, players have been having to do more because they're having to compensate at other positions that aren't quite as stocked. And the past two years that we've had Jeremy Chin, our linebacking core has been the worst that it's been, certainly since I've been a fan, but I think you can make the argument that it's the worst our linebacking core has ever been. I mean, outside of Shaq Thompson, we really have not had those dependable guys on the second level of our defense. So if you take out that necessity, then I do think that ultimately uh, he is Jeremy Chen is much better served as a safety in the long run. I agree. I agree. I mean, like he's, it just seems like more of a natural fit. I'm tired of like over hybrid in players, you know, is that that was what Shaq was brought in to be was this Buffalo. Hybrid, yeah. yeah. And all of this. And then, they just couldn't figure out which one they wanted to be, and he was ended up probably needing to be a linebacker. And um, so I like the idea of getting having a clear vision of how a guy's going to work in your defense, rather than just saying we want him to be so multi-tool. Just let him right. do his job really well. Um, now, sometimes versatility is good, but I feel like it's more so on offense that is the case than on defense. So good things is. Uh, CK, you were mentioning this before the show, before I think we went live, is Phil Snow just, he'll just tell you exactly what he feels about these things. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's not shy of about, you know, talking about, uh, you know, what he wants as far as out of the out of the draft. He's not shy about talking about his opinion about players. Um, you know, with it's stuff off the field, he ain't talking about it. But uh, at the end of the day, Phil Snow, I mean, for for all the the positives i also have to say like he's starting to get to that age where i'm like thinking all right maybe i mean he seems he's talking well like don't get me wrong like there's nothing like that i think he's not sharp mentally but i'm starting to just start like thinking this guy is getting like old. he is older yeah he is older like he's probably in his 60s right like at what point do you I don't know. Like, at what point do you just stop? <laughs> like, Born in 1955, so he is about 66 years old. Yeah. 55? No, it's 45 years to 2000, and then 22 years on top of that, so 67? Yeah, my parents. Yeah, it's like 66. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I somewhere 67. You're probably right, 67. <laughs> I, I, I was so thinking you were saying 50s. I apologize. I don't know. Uh, nah, my uh, math is wrong in my head. Uh, he was, yeah, like that penny math you were talking about earlier. Yeah, that wrong. It's not. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, uh, I just put a poll in the chat room uh, for everyone to vote on. Do you think Jeremy Chen is best served 
as a linebacker or a safety? Go ahead and vote in that poll, and uh, we'll have the results. Yeah, try to contradict old Steve Wilkes. Well, I wanted to ask about that. He's 6'3", 220. What's what's a average size for a linebacker? I mean, that's that's pretty big. Like, um, uh, only thing I worry about is I, I imagine a safety being smaller than a linebacker in my mind. He's about yeah. 20 pounds light. Okay. He's about he, 20 he, he, pounds he, light, but about two inches probably taller than your normal. Okay. So he'd be a speed safety. kind of linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. And, but by the uh, way, uh, the guy I, for the Colts is similar build and frame, uh, 220 pounds. I forget his name off the top Darius of my head. Leonard? Is that his yes, name? that's him. Yeah. Darius Leonard, the inside linebacker for the Colts. Very he's similar my to defensive player every year. Dude, he's, he's <laughs> awesome. Um, but again, I just don't feel that's where Jeremy Chen is best served. Okay. Um, and I, I think that once we do get some real linebacker prospects in, I think you're going to see the best of Jeremy. I was listening to something, and I don't know if it was just talk radio or what the heck. I can't replace it. But they were talking about how the old middle linebacker of 250, six foot tall, yes. 255 pounds, is maybe that's uh, a remnant of the past for this game. And they are needing to become a little lighter and more athletic. But it's kind of like a you get, you need to have a blend. You need to have some guys in your linebacking room that can. St- stick their nose in the box and get mean right. and nasty. We've seen what happens when guards get to the second level against light linebackers. It don't, it's, it don't get pretty. Right. So yeah. you really could. Yes. Is having one of those athletic kind of like you're saying that steed type linebacker could be beneficial, but you probably also need personnel on the team, maybe on the defensive line or in that linebacking group alongside of them that doesn't put too much pressure on them in poor situations and can let them play to their strengths. So I, I, you know, I like the idea. I like him being more able to play the ball. Yeah. And I feel like if you're a linebacker now, maybe if they play him at a different, like an outside linebacker, that, right. but it, like I don't see him rushing the passer. I mean, like, yeah, he can do that occasionally, but I want to see him, like you said, back there playing with his eyes on the quarterback, yeah, getting in good. You know, he can match up against some tight ends and some different things like that. Been happy with him. Look, by, by the way, he's only in his third year this year. Talk right. about that. Yeah, man. And and uh, by the way, one of the leaders of our defense, like. Seriously, one of the leaders of our defense. Like after like, we lost, after we lost Luke Kixley, having that on-field commander general, the guy that's moving people around, calling plays. You know, right. Jeremy Chen. It, I mean, he is an asset to have on the field. Go ahead, mm-hmm. okay. I was gonna say. I mean, uh, you got to keep in mind he was a. Uh, he may not have ever been the favorite, but I feel like he still was one of the most deserving for the rookie of the year. You know. Uh, uh, award la- that year his rookie year because yeah. of what he was able to accomplish he did things that no other rookie in the history of the nfl is able to it was able to do and uh in in his fumble returns for you know touchdowns some of that you can you know uh chalk up to luck if you want to but i think that you know jeremy chin has clearly been a bright spot uh, on a on a you know on a on a dark squad for the past couple of years arguably <clears throat> the best draft pick we've had since christian mccaffrey right if you could think yeah. about this, is that like, could you say, all right, look, Brian Burns, I mean, it took a few, I mean, it took some years Brian Burns for him to so kind of come into his own, but he's but still Jeremy first. Jeremy Chin was right? instant. 
It took Brian yeah. Byrne. Uh, right. That's what I'm half. saying. So yeah. Derek Brown, you could say, look, is that he's yeah. been, at least he's been available the right. whole time. But, um, I mean. JC Horn was pretty good when he was. Yeah, but he got hurt. Yeah. I mean, like, hurt, and, and yeah. still a top 10 pick. But So he better be good. Yeah. Jeremy Chen is like one of these guys. I just don't have really any concern about him being good on my team. Like, he's right. like one of the strongest links on this team at this moment and you got him on a rookie deal for a couple more years very yep. happy there all right and one of the things cody that i highlighted a lot last year was the lack of experience on this panther staff and uh, even when it comes to there's been a revamping we talked about ben mack mcadoo being added as offensive coordinator brings head coaching experience you get the Tabor guy who is now the special teams coordinator has been a special teams coach for 13 or 15 years at this point. So he's got a lot of experience. You get the Camden. I think that's his name, the new offensive line coach. Um, and even the best group, the defense got more experience. Let's hear how this defensive squad or this defense and coaching staff is trying to get better alongside of the personnel. Sorry, I should have set that up better. Is this one of the most experienced uh, coaching staffs you've had on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, it, for someone with his level of experience and expertise, he, he just must be adding um, some pretty rare knowledge to, to the defensive back room and really the defense as a whole. Yeah, he does. And now Coach Pascaloni does too now. Um, sure. You know, he's been a coordinator on both sides of the football, been a head coach. He really is uh, exceptional sitting in the meeting room. So uh, – um, and, and, you know, I always like, and, and I think all of us do new ideas. Uh, you know, you got to stay ahead of these offensive coordinators if you're going to be successful at any level anymore. And so the new ideas and, and, and what I really like about both of them is fundamentally the really sound football coaches and uh, they're demanding. So um, I think our players will get better in those two areas every day. So I'm excited to see the progress over the next six months. He just likes Paul Pascaloni because they could go to the IHOP or the Cracker Barrel or the Waffle House together. <laughs> Paul Pascaloni is about a few years older than Phil Snow. But I like some of these. I feel like the old gritty guys can be good defensive coaches. Like Wade Phillips was a great defensive coach. Um, and it almost helps for you to have seen a lot. Right. when it comes to being a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Now, then the question is, is that are you maybe too invested in the, the game of the past? Like, could be some questions. But Phil Snow seemed, has not seemed overwhelmed at this point. Uh, right. And Paul Pascaloni makes a good uh, go out and get an early bite to eat at 5.30 and eat dinner at 5 o'clock as well at the – where the old people eat in your town? They eat them at Dixie Queen, which is this awesome fried seafood joint that's been around forever in Winterville, North Carolina. That mug, they'd be the blue hairs be lining up at four o'clock. Yeah, and then you know, I, I think that he's also been around long enough to see football trends ebb and flow one way or another. Yeah. So, like earlier, you know, earlier you were talking, Tony, about how linebackers nowadays you don't necessarily see a lot of the stereotypical six foot four 250 pound linebackers anymore 
Uh, you know, you're kind of seeing these six foot one, 220 right. pound guys that can fly sideline to sideline, more like a scalpel and less a hammer. Right. Right. Uh, and, and for example, like in this year's draft, the lo- best linebacker prospect that people are talking about is Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. And this is very true for him, too. You don't, you know, a matchup on him and a guard isn't going to be a good matchup. But man, moving sideline to sideline and just having a nose for the ball, that's what he does well. And I feel like that's um, what, uh, you know, that's kind of how what modern defenses are doing, considering what NFLs are doing with these pass happy offense, throwing all over the football field and bringing it back to Phil Snow. You know, football kind of goes in cycles. Things come into trend and then go out of trend and then go into trend. It's like rock, paper, scissors. And I feel like a lot of these guys, like Phil Snow, Pasqualoni, and even Steve Wilkes, these guys have been around long enough to know all the different looks and the different ebbs and flows of defensive football. So um, I, I like that we have all these guys collaborating together and putting forth their, you know, all their thoughts on. Uh, defense and how they want things to change and um and again man we have so much talent y'all we only right. saw three games of jc horn last year right. imagine if you put if you have him and he takes the next step imagine if cj henderson takes the next the next step oh by the way dante jackson signed that fresh new contract but now all of a sudden there's so much speed and athleticism and ball hawking ability in our secondary that it seems as though you should be able to plug in a few pieces at linebacker, maybe one or two on the defensive line, and you have the making of a nasty top 10 NFL defense like we saw flashes of early last year. And staying young, you know, the whole defense, thinking about how old the defense was and lacked identity just three years ago. You know, that was some one of the things we celebrated with Matt Rule coming in was that very um, abnormal draft where you pick all those defensive players and all of a sudden you're like quickly right. um, injecting a lot of younger talent. And maybe we're going to reap some of the fruits of that at this point. And on top of that is it really feels like there's a decent amount of talent on the offensive side of the ball. So not the worst roster. And Cody has been preaching this for a while is that it's not hard to see this team actually being successful. That was what his argument was with a Deshaun Watson coming or something to that. Now we're going to have to find another way to get to that success. But even McAdoo was saying, look, this ain't a rebuild. I mean, we got some talent here to work with. We've got dudes, man. We've got real dudes. And Tony, what was that saying last year before we really knew who Sam Donald was as a Carolina Panther? I was saying – that if Sam ends up actually being the dude that can actually get the ball to every player on the team, and if the offensive line was better than it was the year before, the Panthers were either a boom or a bust football team. They were either going to hit big or it was going to fizzle out in a bad way. And it started to look like it was going to boom until it busted. Now, how much of that was on coaching, personnel decisions on an offensive line, you know, that's a whole thing that we've talked about for the better part of the year. But, yes, we do have a good football team with a lot of good players on offense and on defense. We want you to 
chime in on this, folks. I want to hear what you guys thought of your impressions of Ben McAdoo, his talk about the quarterback position, the draft, uh, Sam Darnold. You can call in at 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Tell us what you think. Make sure you vote in that poll when it comes to Jeremy Chin, linebacker, safety. What do you think, uh, Paul Pascaloni? Where do you think Paul Pascaloni and Phil Snowy breakfast at? Is this an all-star breakfast type of table? I think so. And um, you can call in at 252-228-5098. Let's go ahead and get into some cat calls. But before we do, bring them the voice that makes them moist. Put a little shame in their game. Oh, you know what? It is that time, isn't it? We've got a bunch of people. And, man, they do. They want to hear that voice. And, you know, we always deliver. See, okay. Talk to these freaks, Big Papa. <laughs> Hello. It's me. I'm here to talk to you about one thing and one thing only. We're sitting here watching four white, incredibly white gentlemen talk about the game of football, the Carolina Panthers. You're sitting here, you're enjoying the conversation. You come in again every Tuesday, every Friday. You watch every video we put up, every post game we have. But yet, tonight, you haven't hit that like button. I have one thing to say to all you freaks. Subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. 115 strong viewers. Already 73 thumbs up. Hey, we have trained C3 Panther Nation well you already know what time it is, man. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe every single time the uh, the C3 Panthers podcast goes live. You know we're going to be bringing the energy and telling you about these Carolina Panthers. Hit that notification bell for every single time we go live. And uh, it's going to get fun, man. We're going to have a, have a good offseason. Tony Dunn, let's hit these cat calls. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? G from RCA. What up, hey, G? Guess what? Today's my birthday. Yay. Oh, happy birthday, oh, bro. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. birthday. Uh, he let me see 44 years. Okay, enough of that. Hey, y'all. The draft hey. is coming up. I know y'all can't wait like I cannot wait. Because I don't know about y'all. I'm getting sick and tired of this Panther news. I don't know what the fuck to believe in no more. Now I'm hearing that Rock Hill pulled out against David Tepper and shit like that and this and that for that little training facility down there and shit, man. And with the quarterbacks, man, this this is this is my final take on this shit, man. Really, I won't mind one of these new quarterbacks coming in, rookies or whatever. I think Matt Rule's gonna gonna pick up a damn uh a veteran QB, man. And I don't know who we're gonna get. I really like Jimmy Garoppolo. I know y'all going to kill me for this shit, but mm. so, shoulder surgery and shit like that, I don't know, man. I do not know. I just don't want to give up any draft capital, man. 
So give me your thoughts on that. Keep pounding. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Let's celebrate G. Cavassier. Hey. Uh, my man is—he's been uh, listening to the show for a long time. Probably one of the longest catcalling people, like is going back. So he's rolled with us. He's rolled with us <laughs> in the Carter game for a long time, right there. And interestingly, um, where do you want to start? Um, you want to start with the QBs, or you want to start with Rock Hill? Uh, I mean, let's start with the QBs, man. That's what's okay. on everybody's. That's what's on everybody's mind. I feel. Huh? So, is uh, the what he is? All right, and th- this is like a, there is some truth to this, is or not truth? Like, is like we have a couple of models that could happen. Mm-hmm. You could draft a quarterback at six, and right. potentially uh, have Sam Darnold maybe even <clears throat> starting in week one, or and and then at some point putting in that rookie quarterback maybe. Or maybe even Sam Darnold finds some success. Maybe the strategy for Matt Rule would either be um, sell hope, right? Sell the fan base on hope and the future. Or maybe he's out the door heading to college. Yep. One Another way, though, is look, is that we have talked about having some real players on this team. Is It's just finding a guy that can do enough to win you enough games to keep your job. And a lot of people among the Panthers community think if the Carolina Panthers pull nine, 10 wins this year um, and uh, maybe even back into the playoffs or just find their way in the playoffs, that will be enough to keep Matt rule. And that's where the Jimmy G talk, the uh, Baker Mayfield talk has some plausibility. There is that look is that you could see a world where, you could get nine or 10 wins with a guy like that, maybe mm-hmm. with a good enough team. So that is the, that is the question. It's the $64,000 question is what will happen and how will um, they try to proceed next year? Y'all know the last time a quarterback from the West coast came to the NFC South after a shoulder surgery, it worked out pretty well for that team. Who was it? Drew Brees. Oh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Good point. Man, mm. uh, I just, yeah. no, but, no connection. But, there. Just saying. Just saying. But know. the only the big difference there is uh, Jimmy G is definitely older than Drew Brees was when he had that happen to him. Ooh, and by know. the way, I'm also I'm also now hearing that it's possible that Jimmy Garoppolo might not even be able to throw the football until July. Oh, wow. So that's part of the it's reason too much why these risk. teams. That yeah, that's like what I'm saying. Right that's Matt why. Rule's alley right that's there. why. Yeah. So many of, but that's why so many of these teams have trepidation around uh, not only Jimmy Garoppolo but Baker Mayfield. Like to me, they're in an identical situation. Like it's two kind of undersized quarterbacks, mediocre arms. That you know, their teammates love them. I mean, no, no one can say that they don't. They, you know, all the reports are is people want to play for those guys, but they're just hurt, man. They're right. hurt too much. And, and it's, it's been a liability for those teams. I love the thought of uh, trading back in the draft, getting uh, not giving away our sixth pick for these guys, but getting Baker Mayfield. I, this is a meme, by the way, getting Baker Mayfield, getting Josh Rosen, Mason Rudolph. And then now we can have Sam Darnold, uh, all the, all the bus from the 2018 draft come in and try to fight for a starting job for the Carolina Panthers. I thought that was the most hysterical thing I've seen on the internet uh, about the potential of us drafting or trading for uh, for Baker Mayfield. Maybe we could trade for every player that uh, Ben McAdoo has criticized somehow 
in his in his career. I mean, Baker, Sam, who else can he? Who else does he did he not like in those drafts? Maybe we can go get those guys next. I, I, oh man, I thought it was absolutely funny when they asked that question about: Do you still stand by your statement that Baker Mayfield or the X, Y, or Z is not good? Or he was just like, uh, I mean, you know, I'm not going to answer. Yeah, that. I mean, I can't <laughs> talk about another player, and I'm not tipping our hands about mm-hmm. what the Carolina Panthers are intending to do. They kept trying to poke and prod even finding him to say something nice about Baker Mayfield or nobody asked about Jimmy G. Thank goodness. Um, But you know, and then the draft is like, look, he's like, man. And and he was really cool with this question. You know, Sheena quick asked him towards the end. Is there a quarterback you like at six or something like that? He said, man, you catch me with these questions after the draft. He was very polite about it, but like, what am I going to tell you? I ain't telling y'all squat. The number's 252-228-5098. Let's plow through another call. We're, don't worry. That Rock Hill stuff is on the agenda. I hope Sam Darnold doesn't hear this. Sam future. I'm just stepping in to let you know that I am going to be the starting quarterback of this season. Oh, yes. I know you are very happy about that, but I, I will go like back to seeing ghosts. <laughs> Get ready to go. Three wins. Oh. <laughs> that was the end. That was the scariest part of the call. Get ready to go. Three wins. Um <laughs> Man. If Sam Darnold is the quarterback, we all have to in October all dress as ghosts for Halloween. We are all gonna dress as ghosts. Sam Darnold's ghost. I mean, dude, me. I'm already white like a ghost, and like I can already mm-hmm. kind of make that work. Uh and by the way, shout out to uh dude, I'm gonna try my best, man. Deskar? A Deskar Shuknath. Do you nice. think they Shuknath. bring yeah. Shuknath, uh, do you think they bring Cam back? And thank you for the one ninety nine, man. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like we're all so torn on this. I get where Tony comes from. It's like enough of the abuse of Cam Newton and the abuse of our emotions as the Cam Newton fans. And then now my man Cam is always in the news for saying something on YouTube, man. Like Finally, Carl day. likes him. How about this? Is Carl's always talking junk about Cam, but he's also talking about male culture always being undermined. Carl, you better come to Cam's defense on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, the one time he might be able to defend Cam Newton. Shout out, Carl. That's my guy. But, um, yeah, dude, I w- look, I've made my opinion known on this. I would love... Um, to give Cam Newton a, a a real chance at an off season at a training camp, right. um, time time to really learn the offense. Um, I would love that. Now, do I expect that to happen? No, I don't. And at this point, I do think it is a legitimate question at this point to ask whether or not Cam Newton still really wants to play football. And the reason I say that is you look at his business ventures that he has. Yeah, he cigar. looks like he's having just a good yeah a with the cigar lounge, and now he's become something of a of a media figure. There's a trend of football players and athletes now doing their own podcasts and having on other 
uh, you know, professional athletes and influential people. And it kind of seems like Cam's doing his thing and at home just doing that kind of stuff right now. Maybe Raising that is how he, whole you know, pivots. Kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. All right. Uh, numbers 252-228-5098. Next goal. What's up, C3 family? It's your boy, 89 J. What's it's up? Still- Hope everybody's having a great day. What's up, um, brother? I've been thinking lately, just with everything going on, it's basically a dumpster fire. I mean, when David Tepper got the team, he said wrong wasn't built in a day. And then last year we have our offensive lines, like I-85, under construction. And then we get this build, and then it's halfway complete, and they pull out. So it's Stop like construction. The Tepper ownership has been a microcosm of what that half-built, building is except at least it's that like a metaphor for tepper's mm-hmm. ownership but anyway i'm ready to get this draft over with and i was dming cody earlier on the twitter dm pause oh. that, uh, you know it's just i'm ready to get this shit over with because i'm just ready to move on i'm, I'm looking forward to the 2023 season to be honest with you but yeah anyway guys hate to be debbie downer but as always we're gonna keep pounding them beers because we're gonna be having long <laughs> <drunk> <laughs> yeah that's the truth that's gonna be our new catchphrase is that's our keep brand pounding keep beers. pounding the beers get a shout out to jay crier my brother from another mother don't ever let us on the town together grab all of them grab everything but keep them safe um you're speaking of this metaphor of tepper's ownership um I saw somebody say that uh, the only good thing, the last thing that Tepper did that anybody liked was put the Panthers logo on midfield. Not a wrong uh, statement. And then somebody replied and then replaced the grass with turf and made us all bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) The Panthers, though, the news, we, we saw some news leaking about this weeks ago, right? Or months ago, maybe at this point, is that there were problems between the South Carolina, you know, Rock Hills City Council and their meet, they're meeting their obligations. Uh, the agreement that courted this practice facility or at least placed it in Rock Hill. It was today or yesterday it was announced the Panthers in, uh, ended the agreement with Rock Hill over practice facility. So they've terminated the bargain. I guess it would take a complete rene- renegotiation at this point. I don't know how, if this is dead forever, but it looks like this could just be a barren this right here. And uh, this was pretty, it's a kind of an interesting story. So the metaphor, we get that. But the real fun part about this was the immediate criticism and jokes that would come out. Um, This is Joe. Actually, this was Joe person actually on the serious side of the story saying Tepper, says it's unfortunate that some South Carolina po- uh, politicians decided to conduct a misguided, destructive public relations campaign to obscure their failures. Oh, then adds burn. it's prepared to sit down with Rock Hill officials and others to discuss what's next. Good luck with that. Um, yeah, the, this, is- this was in reference to the South Carolina senator that said we, we got promised Jerry Jones. And instead, we got Dan Snyder. And then there's yeah. all this stuff going on with Dan Snyder. But really, 
this was a dagger from Tepper, though. This is a good com a comeback. It's like, oh, you yeah. want to try to talk junk when you guys are just trying to cover up how much you blew it. And, um, and, and they did. They did blow this. Like, wh whatever whatever you want to say about it. And, dude, we have some some awesome ones uh, of people putting these up, man. They're the internet really, always wins. Dude. And, look, y'all got to follow my man Trap on Twitter, T-E-A-D-E-S-5, <laughs> because this dude is the man. He's always putting the best, uh, the absolute best <laughs> Panther memes out there. Um, but, uh, so, look. This was the best really part of this. I agree with him. I, I agree oh, with, yeah. David, with, with David Tepper. Yeah, with David Tepper. It's like, yeah. listen, you knew that you were on the line for this. Right. And, look, I'm not. I don't know all the financials of this, but if they weren't able to pay and they still had the goal of getting a deal done, why would you go and shit talk the guy? Like, why would you actively call him Dan Snyder? Especially when Dan Snyder is like, you know, now he's being investigated for cooking the books and having a second book and not, you know, disclosing earnings to the NFL. Like, you're going to compare him to that guy when he's getting ready to build, you know, to build this mega facility in your state, and you would have all these fans and all these tourists that would be coming into the area, it just it doesn't make sense to me, man. Um, yeah, no, I they just like should have never involved. made the agreement in the first place. That's what it comes down to: is they should have never. And this is what happens when you hang out with the millionaires and the billionaires too much: is try to live their lifestyle. And they should have yeah. just said, you know, they. Everybody should have just played oh, hardball dude. with Tepper. He wanted to do this regardless. And I know he keeps saying that there's an investment between the community and himself, but you could play hardball with him to a certain degree, maybe even just invest less. But you did make the agreement and you made the agreement, weren't able to honor it. Probably some complications too when it came to the pandemic <clears throat> as well and state revenues, but probably county revenues, some right. things there. But uh, Tepper won't playing around with this. But the best part about it was was the fun that immediately happened on the internet afterwards. Talking about this, um, I saw T Bone from WFNZ a few weeks ago say that this could uh, end up being the biggest fireworks uh, depot or something like fireworks place you could buy fireworks in South Carolina. Uh, and then he retweeted his tweet. It was like, well, I guess I was right. And this was a fun one. Is someone said something. Uh, this is Cube, Cubes, Cubs, K-E-G on Twitter. Uh, he said the Panthers Rock Hill facility come October. And it's the Spirit Halloween stores that pop up for a few weeks everywhere mm -hmm. in these big buildings. This was... Uh, a fun one uh, from at Charlotte Squawks <laughs> that, mm -hmm. that uh, Fertick, who I guess is one of these, I guess, is that He's somebody the, who is? So Elevation Church was created by, by Stephen Fertick, and it's one okay. of the, it's like a, one of the bigger churches in the country. Like a Olstein type. Um, I wouldn't put it Maybe on that same that level, big. but yeah, it's definitely getting pretty big. It, it, yeah, and uh, so he said, Furtick is moving fast. I thought that one was fun. Mm -hmm. And Pat Coltrane, I can't, I didn't find the tweet, but I saw this. He said, damn, uh, negotiating a deal. This is your own fault, Tepper, or something like that. And I'm paraphrasing. He's like, y'all 
negotiated a real estate deal with a crackhead and the crackhead being Rocky. <laughs> I thought that was fun. So the internet uh, wins again. Cody, what'd you say that trap was? Uh, what did he have something on this one that I didn't find? Yeah. Uh, so hold on real quick. I order a business. We get these bots that come into the to the chat, all these webcam stuff. I accidentally blocked Josh. So I'm trying to figure out how to unblock him. Josh, if you're there, I'm going to get you unblocked, man. My apologies. I'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, that was 100% an accident. Um, do you know how to unblock someone, Tony? That um, I do not, but... We will figure it out, Josh. That was 100% my bad. You're cool, dude. You did nothing wrong. Uh, and then, yeah, um, I'll pull up some of these. Um, yeah, so look, this is my man Trap on um, on Twitter. I mean, this is just one of the ones he just threw together. The Jiggly <laughs> Room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I saw that uh, one. Yeah. And then, yeah, you saw the, uh, the, the Elevation Church. Okay, Josh is back. Cool. Glad yeah. everything got uh got got fixed. Um, but um, yeah, man, th- there's been a bunch of really funny ones. The Elevation <laughs> Church that you already saw, dude. There's just so many funny ones, man. Like so many different things that we could uh that we could do to uh, fill that new empty vacant space. Uh, Brad Dugan even suggested that uh we all pull together some money and make that the new C3 headquarters. <laughs> Is it is it owned like by it. the Panthers? Like, is that still owned by, or is it owned like by the Rocco? land? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Does mm-hmm. Tepper just have that land with a bunch of scrap metal? Like, he's like just waiting for metal prices to soar, and then he's just gonna go take it to the scrapyard. Let's talk about something that I think is real in this. What's next? That's Meaning what. No, that's like, a great I mean, question. The intention is, you know, David Tepper is looking for, like, is going to be building another headquarters, right? Mm, Do you think gotcha. he's going to take this slight by the politicians of South Carolina to, even though that he may be based in North Carolina, basically you're losing half of your 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 state, right? You don't want to support South Carolina after something like this when you have a state senator saying stuff like this, <laughs> like he said. So do you do you take this as an opportunity to potentially move the team to another location? Because now you're you're, you're being like yeah. another state. Yeah, you're you're looking at let's let's talk about this for real. David Tepper is not liked by the fan base right now. <clears throat> he hasn't been liked for a little while now. He's he's coming and then all of this stuff. Like, do you think he takes this as an opportunity to kind of rebuild and take it somewhere where maybe he's going to be hungry for an NFL team? Well, now it's more complicated because you're not just moving one team, you're moving two. He right. just brought the he just brought Charlotte FC here. So it's a football team and a soccer team that, that he would be moving. That would be kind of unprecedented. Now that Los Angeles has two football teams, right? Um, I mean, what other places are are realistic at even getting another uh another spot i think right. the names that everybody kind of uh, jumps off the tip of everyone's tongue and say like an austin texas or a san antonio uh maybe that uh, one of those places could hold the team uh you know people even mentioned like maybe st louis or san diego because they used to have football teams but if those uh, uh cities and states wouldn't find a new stadium 
for those teams, why the hell would they do it for the Panthers? Yeah. I think they, why the hell would they, they do it for the Panthers? Well, you yeah. got to keep in mind they they didn't know what it was like to not have their team there. Now they do, and you might yeah. see that 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 hunger start to really kind of creep in. Well, if that happened, I just would promise you guys is that if the Panthers moved, and I think I said this last week when we talked about this, is I will not follow. I won't follow. No, I won't either. I I think the thing is though I think that's it's too difficult because you can't I mean he is the owner but I don't think you can just pick up and move the team there's a process I'm pretty sure it has to be approved oh, yeah. by the league and it, so I, I think that's just and Charlotte's like too good soccer. of a market exactly you know and, maybe and if this was like here. a dying old city uh, like kind of right. like a St Louis it's the exact opposite yeah. dude yeah. I live here every mm-hmm. other week it looks different. Dude, Charlotte, how about this? Charlotte looks like one big apartment development. Everywhere yeah. you look, there's a brand new giant set of apartments being built. I mean, it's literally everywhere. So many people are, are coming here. Like Off Grid says, Charlotte is booming. It's the fastest growing area in the Southeast. Um, part of the reason why David Tepper wanted to bring a soccer team here was because of the demographics of Charlotte right. and how it is very young and how it's very multicultural. Uh, right. A lot of people from a lot of different places, you know, that would come and, 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 you know, be a part of it together, you know? So I agree with you, Tony. And listen, uh, being up here and But I wouldn't in- put it past Tepper either. Like right. what CK is saying is that, like, I mean, I don't, I think moving the team would be r- r- uh, the most dramatic and kind of wild scenario. But if I'm South Carolina, I'm a little bit worried about Tepper not wanting to do business with them until these guys are out of, out of office. Yeah, and there's new people in that he that schmooze him and make better promises. Right, it definitely gives him some more, I guess, leverage on the state of South Carolina because now you're starting about is well, what about Walford and training? Where's training camp? Is he going to just say, you know what, screw it, we'll move training camp? completely out of South Carolina, you know, the whole like trying to incorporate South Carolina and like making this a two states, one team mentality is like Tepper could just be a big giant dick and be like, I hate South Carolina and I'm going to invest so much more in North Carolina now. Yeah, This is just a North Carolina team now. Change the name. Maybe he won't move it, but what if he changed it to the North Carolina Panthers? No, but if he just did one state, no, but if he did one state, one team. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. But you, could you not see him doing that? Being as vindictive as it is? I know. He did have the revenge mansion. You know, he tore down that guy's house and built on the ashes of the guy that wouldn't give him a promotion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he can move to headquarters of Winston-Salem if he wants to. I ain't, I'll be okay. Well, I will say this, though. Like, I, I, I do think that the, the point that I brought up is a good one. Like, and, and Unless you're talking about like maybe somewhere in Texas, there aren't a lot of good places to be able to move a football team nowadays. Yeah. Los Angeles is off the board. San Diego, they're not going to pay maybe. for another state. That's like the most beautiful city in the world right or like one of the top at least everybody tells me that yeah i mean it'll be interesting you could have an open air facility there and get a super bowl well also south carolina (laughs) south carolina benefited from the fact that jerry richardson well you know played football at wofford and he wanted to continue to do good things for wofford so he was able to incorporate not only his alma mater but south carolina do the two states one team type of deal 
But yeah, like you said, uh, David Tepper's from Pittsburgh. He has no roots to the Southeast, anywhere in right. Carolinas. The only roots he has is the investment he just made on this football team. So, and yeah, um, a lot maybe of it helps keep Charlotte keep the actual stadium, right? The city, you know, what I'm saying because some people are saying, do you move it outside of Charlotte? And that could dip its toe on the state lines. And now maybe it's just like, hey, Mecklenburg County or whatever. Is it Mecklenburg County? Uh, yeah, yeah, Mecklenburg. I also think that this didn't have, like he didn't lose half the fan base with this. Like, yeah, he may have pissed the the, the financial people in South Carolina, the government of South Carolina off, whatever. But the fans are still going to come. I'm sure majority of them probably don't give a shit. The fans, right. the majority of them either a couldn't make it to that practice facility or the practice facility wasn't there anyway, so nothing's changed. Or it wouldn't or even though, be fan centric, really. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's... they're where you're going to get your ticket sales and your merchandise sales. I think you get more money from the fans, so I don't think that it's going to hurt them financially or like really I, be that different. My them, part you know? is like the vindictive aspect of David Tepper. Is yeah. he going to continue to push the? to one team, two states mentality. When you look at it, the reality is Carolina Panthers fans are probably some of the most spread out Panthers fans of any, of any, you know, like, like if you go to Charlotte, you're not going to Charlotte and finding a tremendous amount of people that are Panthers fans, right? Whereas you go to Pittsburgh, you're going to see a tremendous amount of Pittsburgh fans. I can't tell you, like, so I talk where I do well, my yeah, work. Yeah, they've been there longer. You got a lot more transplants right. to Charlotte than you just have right. long-term football so, fans. But I think you have that similar thing with Char- South Carolina, all these guys. So there's still a lot. Like, I don't know that the majority of their fans are in it just simply South Carolina or North Carolina. So I don't know that they're going to put continue to push that that narrative of, you know, two, two, you know, two states, one team, especially after this debacle. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough Let's sell. Just say he won't be saying it so much for the next six months. Right. Like, I can't see if the keep pounding terminology has kind of been um, diminished a little bit in the lexicon of the ownership and the coaching staff. And now it's about the brand. Uh, there yeah. might be a little rebranding too when it comes to the emphasis on South Carolina, two states, one team. Yeah. Let's Let go me, back into the calls. Can I ask you a question? Because somebody just brought up Virginia. Is there a state that would make you not leave the fandom of the team if they did move it to another state? No, I mean, if they move this team and they're no longer called the Carolina Panthers, um, I will have to not do this podcast anymore. Yeah. Um, and not like a per- like I just will have to tra- cheer for players. Like, I probably will still watch football, but I probably won't watch it as crazily as I do now. Yeah. Because I do have an investment on uh, yeah. throughout the time. and But I would probably become more fan, um, player-centric, where I know I yeah. would. And I would have to play more of just be, like, interested in fantasy football and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And I wanted to add one more thing to the moving conversation, too. When Cronky, uh, the owner of the Rams... But as soon as he moved his team from uh, St. Louis to Los Angeles, the difference in media market, it instantly gave them an extra three plus billion dollars on their evaluation just due to the media market that Los Angeles represents. From a financial perspective, like how many other places are out there that are more financially lucrative to David Tepper than Charlotte? Like, you know, is it that much more money to be had out in Austin or 
you know yes. anywhere else. I Austin mean, Austin is that is the, is is a booming city right now. Uh, I no know, state I taxes know. either. Where, yeah, and no state taxes. I mean, maybe the you know how many fans would you have there though? Considering that the Panthers have never been in that state, they already have two NFL teams in that state. Um, I don't know, man. That was three in Florida, tough, but. Yeah, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. I yeah, mean, I could... think that the idea of it's is the football is either gonna follow the money market, right? Mm-hmm. But even that maybe is a little bit changing now because of how like TV the TV deals are gonna be changing in the future a little bit. Right. So that is lucrative, but LA and that area is is a different plane than any other yeah. place because you have like the good weather, you have the like you have the mm-hmm. giant amount of people, celebrities. You have the celebrities, all of that. But there, the Hollywood. idea of a team moving north is like that's a thing of the past, yeah, right? Sure. Like I don't I think don't it's like this. Really, Where would they I move? mean, like a, yeah, it's like I think, taxes. I think Virginia could have a team. Virginia is not too far north. There's I mean, not even a let's, super. Let's talk about even going west. Let's talk about going out to to Oregon. I mean, Portland could be a, a a potential. I know they have Seattle not too far away, but I mean, but the reality is, I mean, let's talk about the cost of living and the taxes in Los Angeles. Yeah. What about a place yeah. like Nebraska or somewhere like that? I've always wondered about places like Nebraska, Oklahoma, like don't have. But there's no way you have to have population. So you have to have a population, so it has That's to be true. a population center. And I think even uh, Virginia would be hard pressed to be a good market because you got to compete with baltimore you got a lot of ravens fans and then uh the washington football or the washington commanders and they're just their history alone they're going to be fans despite regardless of dan schneider and all of that yeah so i'm with cody is i think that the only real true markets would be in a place like somewhere in texas maybe could facilitate it and Maybe two teams in dang Las Vegas could possibly happen, but I don't even think that's a great idea. I don't even think because of the tourist culture. I don't know if you have a home market. And then how could the Panthers still be in the NFC South if they're playing in Vegas? Oh, they would have. Yeah. And again, like you said, have to be approved by the ownership and different things like that. Yeah, something that that major. Yeah, I think it would be tough. I think it would have to be uh, a southern state. I think it would have to be something I could see maybe in Alabama. And as silly as that sounds, like they are a football. Like you think about Alabama's the university. I mean, the Birmingham Panthers. They have the USFL. Yeah, but they also had the AFL. Did you guys watch any of the USFL? No, all I saw was the clips of the cool drone camera. I've heard. I've heard of horrible. That That was dope. I've yeah, heard horrible dude, things about the ball, though. Why yeah, is it? Why is it that all of these upstart football programs instantly can do so many things? Not the football, but they can instantly do what so was wrong many with the things football? better. The Apparently, it sucked. It was just dog shit. Like they're not they added, even... yeah, the chip had it added weight that caused it to be unbalanced. Um, did you hear about the yeah, chip? How big of a chip is it? It said five ounces, but they said like. It's, it was enough to cause the kickers and the quarterbacks to be pissed. Okay. Well, well I've been asking for some sort of chip or laser device. So many people have. And honestly, if they can, it, like, this is just the beginning. Everything can get smaller, right? Um, at least my wife thinks that. 
Um, and uh, and but I think that that's a possibility for it to get better. I think this is just the implementation of it right now. Um, mm-hmm. The chip is a is a phenomenal idea, and I think um, there's a fear that it's going to take the fun out of the game because it's going to be so yeah. like if it's not. But I just I think that if you can take a lot of the unknowns out of it, that chip makes like a hell of a lot of sense. Right. Well, I mean, with the USFL, it's like kissing cousin Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> the USFL is like minor league football, and it's like Cleveland says: there's nothing better than watching a bunch of guys I know nothing about not play that well. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what? Uh, I don't. I I only watched the first two drives of the very first game. I had a lot going on over the Easter holiday. And I, you would think I'd be a little bit closer to a TV, but it just wasn't really available. Um. I'm rooting for I root for these things because I like the idea of like developmental type leagues and I just like football as a sport. So I'm okay with these. And they are like a testing ground. I'm not yeah. gonna invest a lot of time. It's very hard for them to break through because we're not gonna invest a lot in it. Uh until I think, I think something like I the know. XFL can break through because they've already come up with the the idea of it being a secondary league to the NFL. The NFL has actually agreed to that. Uh, this go around a lot more money going in too. XFL. So yeah, so I think think something like the XFL can, but yeah, these these one off leagues, absolutely. I think that it'd be it's I, really tough to get the excitement boiling because you have to worry about like these guys and health insurance and all that stuff. And like when you're talking about a sport like this, it is so difficult to be able to pay for that type of a medical you know uh, medical uh, I guess attention that these guys require if they get right. hurt. Right, well, especially uh, with the admission prices, it's fifteen dollars for a ticket for an adult, right. and with each ticket, you get three kids up to fifteen years old for free in. Hell so yeah, that's that's the, and well, that's you got to get and some all the games are played in, in one stadium. One so, stadium, yeah, they're all played in Alabama. Every, really, every game's played in Alabama. Yep, like they don't even have home; they just have home names. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> but like, that's really going to make this a little bit harder for me, yeah. but um. I did like the drone on the kickoff, and I like that they didn't do it every time. But the idea was, is like, and I was surprised, I wasn't even expecting as the kickoff came, the ball's coming at towards the drone. As the ball's in the air, it circles around and gets behind the kick returner and then follows the crowd. So you almost kind of feel like you're running along with the guys. That was pretty cool angle. At least uh, I don't know if, how much I want to see that stuff and how much it will make it better. But one neat thing that I saw in the USFL. Let's go to the next call, 252-228-5098. What's going on, CP Nation? This is your boy, Jay Anderson. Yell up. What up, Jay? Um, I know y'all talk about this last week, and I, you know, I know you don't want to backtrack on this situation and stuff like that. And what I'm talking about is the whole Cam Newton podcast thing. And I mean, what he said about the um whole, you know, what he won in a woman. He won a woman that knows how to cook, knows how to cater to man. Be quiet, you know. Be quiet, you know. Let a man lead. <laughs> the thing is, what I like to see this past week was a lot of women that were not on TV that agreed with Cam Newton, which is funny. So it basically puts. It basically puts a points a finger at the media how they yeah. try to sell how families should be, how you know to where they you know they they mess up the minds of 
of us, especially us millennials, they mess up the minds of women, they mess up the minds of men, not, you know, not pushing the narrative of family. And what I'm talking about is, um, it's too, you know, it's nothing wrong with a woman being independent, but when she's get into a relationship with a man, when I say a man, I'm saying a man that knows how to be a man, knows how to protect, knows how to provide and stuff like that. Um, she wants to be with that. She wants to be with that man. And that's what Cam wants. Cam, I mean, and that's what people like Cam. You know, that's what men we want. We want a woman that knows how to um, take care of business, but also let us lead the household. That's what we are. That's what a lot of us have have been taught, have been raised to do. And women are going to look at that and say, hey, if you don't know how to provide, if you don't know how to protect, if you know how to lead, I can't, you know, she's not supposed to be with that dude. You know, we all see dudes, we all see some dudes who are just not men. <laughs> and, and basically, a lot of women want men. And I think the society and when you got the media, they trying to push, you know, this independent woman, you don't need a man, you don't need a man or nothing like that. And that's the wrong thing to push. We can push for equality in the marriage because you can be a leader of the household and your wife still runs the house. I mean, my pops, he's the leader of the household, but my mom controls the house. If we go on vacation, my pops, you know, my pops asking my mom, you know, where do you think we should go? Because my pops wanted his family to be happy as well. He got the final say so, but he getting, you know, he getting the idea. Is that Daniel Call? Uh, look, I think there's actually a part a little bit more. Yeah, this is Jay Anderson again. But yeah, like I said, you know, it's a it's a tag team thing, you know. Even though the man is the lead, it's a tag team thing with um with a man and a woman. And I think you know every man wants a woman that knows how to cook. Now, the thing is, it's like I think a lot of women got to confuse of you know that a man wants a that a man wants a woman to cook every day. No, so you don't have to cook every day. It's like you Sunday you can cook. You know, Tuesday, I mean, yeah, Tuesday, you can cook. Friday and Saturday, we eating out or grilling out or going, you know, having takeout. You don't need to cook every day. You just need to cook smart. Man, we love leftovers. We're going to eat some leftovers and stuff like that. So I think, you know, some people got it confused. And some dudes got it confused, too, of what a woman's supposed to be and stuff like that. And we got to get that teaching back in. I know this ain't the type of type of podcast to do this on me in you know this ain't the type of podcast to be talking about this but you know since cam newton you know is a former carolina panthers and stuff like that and that situation has been brought up and the media overblown it you know i just want to dub on that man holla um so, well, for, go ahead uh no, Jay I, I was, thank you for the call yeah thanks jay so look I, i'm going to if we're going to talk about women I'm going to give the floor to our, our very own, uh, you know, first lady of C3 Panther Nation, Miss Lynn Leonhardt, who I think uh, gives a very poignant comment. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to read it. And again, this is a part of the discussion. Lynn says, I support Cam. However, with all Cam, with all of Cam's talk about 
this, we are talking about a man who isn't married, has multiple babies from multiple women outside of a marriage. Just saying. And look, my whole thing is this. Like, Cam has to know that if he's going to say these things, right, that you are open to the mainstream media, both in sports and otherwise, twisting your words and trying to make them fit a narrative. Now, I think most men will tell you that, you know, wanting a woman who cooks and cleans is not outside of the realm of the norm. A lot of men who want to be men who want to be in a relationship, especially long term, would like that kind of thing. But to me, this is a mainstream media question, like right. uh, uh, not question, but topic. It doesn't matter if you're talking about sports or the mainstream media, like in news or whatever else. They are designed to push a narrative on you, and it's mm-hmm. easy to, t- to tell what these narratives are most of the time. And anytime you can paint someone as like a super chauvinistic kind of guy, you know, uh, you know, for even saying something remotely against women, they're going to take and run with it. But like I said earlier, though, it's incumbent upon Cam to know that the media is going to take this shit and just run with it. So I don't know, man. What it really comes down to is that blanket statements have... Uh, more limitations than they do they're they're right. broad statements but they're also very limited statements in that is so um there are for a woman who is a um a how like a the head of the household kind of not as the like the head of the family but a more traditionalist like kind of mm-hmm. role when it comes to nurturing the Takes kids care of the house that that thing that doesn't make her less equal no than a man right is that that's one thing is so is that you don't need to it's not a um a knock on women who do that and just like a woman who doesn't do those things but maybe sees their role in society in a a different light maybe even in a marriage or in a Mm -hmm. their occupation they are no less woman than that other role right so it's like is that there is just difference in the world there's difference in what how families work right um Mm -hmm. and i think when it comes just down to our discussion of equality is when 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 you talk about equality it doesn't mean sameness all the time right and if 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 some people uh that is more uh, pleasing to them personally to be involved in a relationship where those, tra- you know, I guess those traditional roles or things like that are, are more adhered to, if that pleases them, you can still probably do that without being a chauvinist, right? There's ways right. to lead that type of lifestyle where you are very respectful to people. And, uh, well, but you're also not saying that women, can't do the other is like is that you have to when you make those statements about that you have to also recognize that other people don't agree with that as well Mm -hmm. um so just like it wouldn't make me any less of a man to be the homebody taking care of kids if my wife was like michelle obama or something like that or have if you watch the um who is the baby god this is like my favorite uh ali wong Ali Wong oh, yeah, talks like, about oh, how yeah, like yeah. her success lets her husband do all the things she really wanted to do, which is stay home and look at porn and 
um, watch right. TV all day and stuff like that. It's like that would make me less of a man. So we just have to know is you probably don't need to go to Cam Newton for the sociological analysis of femininity, right? <laughs> and things like that is, and maybe I don't think he was even intending to say this is all a woman needs to be or can right. be. Uh, and also Cam also speaks. He's trying to say one thing all the time. And he says another thing. When he said cater to a man's need, I think he just, he was trying to say nurturing and caring. That's and, what he meant. You know, and it wasn't like, not like, hey, rub my feet. <laughs> yeah. like they But like they making you, that's what he wanted once in his life. He doesn't need someone to be a breadwinner. Mm -hmm. He's a millionaire. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like to him, something that would be more appealing. So just don't get your underwear gender neutral in a wad. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. the, the best part about it is if you don't like the way he thinks, you don't have to date him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, exactly. You don't have to date him. Go find somebody who looks <laughs> who, who your values. You know, you don't date him. Yeah. And, uh, and then some or don't have his kid. And that would be another thing. May you not even have to date him to have a child with him. Yeah. Yuck. That was mean. Um, <clears throat> let's see. What's next? Let's see who we got up here. Uh, let's go to... Uh, this is Joey, I think. Let's see if Joey... What's Joey got to say? Hey, guys. It's Joey, the growl that makes underwear foul. <laughs> oh. Again. <laughs> And I just wanted to say that if the Panthers Perfect move, if David Tepper moves the Panthers, I am becoming a New Orleans Saints fan. Uh, God, I love gross. New Orleans. Oh, I want the, the uh, Superdome to see the Panthers, and the fans were so nice and welcoming. I might just have to join them if David Tepper does that. Anyway, guys, I know this is the only reason you listen to the end of my calls. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> it's not the only reason, Joey. We uh, we, we love to hear your uh, fantastic opinions, but uh, being a All Saints right. fan, that's never, no. yeah, that's that never happen. okay. Yeah, that's right. never you can okay. like the city all you want, but let's. Yeah. You need to. Uh, I had a. Um, I've been trying to pick my USFL team that I was going to cheer for, and it's I so was fun. not. No, I mean, well, you got like is that, and I don't want to pick the Panthers because I don't care about the Michigan Panthers. And I, like, so I like minor league teams in baseball because they get to have kind of wacky names. Mm -hmm. So I like, I didn't like these traditional, like the Washington Generals. Pfft, nope, they're off the list. Uh, I was automatically going after the Gamblers, is one of them. I think, but and the, one of the teams is oh, it's the New Orleans. What is it? Crusher. It's got something to do with a wave, like a like a hurricane kind of wave or something, like a, like a flood wave or something, whatever. But I was like, man, I don't even know if I can cheer for a team that a football team that's just in that city. I love New Orleans, like the city. I love to go there. But I'm so like anti New Orleans Saints that I don't even know if I can cheer for a team just right. because like the Saints are kind of uh the smell is kind of on them. More than half my family is from Louisiana, and I would <laughs> never fucking cheer for the Saints, dude. Never. Yeah, so I'm, number I'm from Louisiana, I don't cheer for the Saints. 
yeah. The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Let's go to the next call. Hey, guys. It's me, Connor, uh, calling in for the Tuesday show. And so about what Ben McAdoo said, I mean, I don't really, I don't know how much I trust him. You know, like, he's great in evaluating quarterbacks and all that. But I feel like, I mean, who's really in charge? Who's going to be more in charge? Is it going to be Matt Rule? Is it going to be uh, Scott Fitterer? Or is it going to be Ben McAdoo? I think it would be Scott Fitterer. McAdoo is just the offensive coordinator. He's just close plays. I'm not sure how how much I trust what he said. And I also heard an article that said that he actually wouldn't bath on that. So uh, let me know what you guys think about that. Besides that, Tom, uh I think you're right, uh, Connor, just to recognize th- is that Ben McAdoo is, could just be here for eight months or a year right. in Charlotte and be on to his next place. So to believe that he has that type of front office influence, I think they're just going to do this, is they're going to lean on Matt, and they're going to consider McAdoo's evaluations because of his past evaluations and advice and experience. So I think they will take it into consideration, but I don't think he's all of a sudden going to be in the war room making the decision. No, but I mean, I I tell you what though, I, and Tony, I've been saying this for a while. I believe that Matt rule has lost a lot of his power in this organization. Maybe this is just me being hopeful, but shit. I really do think that when you look at Federer and now Ben McAdoo being in there, I would have to imagine that now these two guys are a very strong voice in that in that front office, especially Federer. And I think Federer has done a great job up until this point. Not everything has been a hit, but it's his first time as a general manager coming in where he didn't get to pick the head coach. So I think Federer has done a good job. I think McAdoo, I'm liking everything that I'm hearing from him so far. And like I said to you earlier, man, I feel better about this draft knowing that Ben McAdoo will be a part of those discussions. Yeah, especially if we were to pick a quarterback. Yep. How about this? Is I'd be more comfortable with Ben McAdoo picking the quarterback than I would be Matt Rule. Oh, for sure. By the way, McAdoo also loved Josh Allen coming out. And people people relentlessly made fun of him because he had Josh Allen number one. And I'm telling you, man, the same thing that you're hearing happening right now with Malik Willis. Oh, he's inaccurate. Oh, he didn't face great competition. Oh, he's not ready to play. All these different things were literally copy and paste exactly the same as Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming. Then we- Ben McAdoo was able to see the forest through the trees and saw right. the upside potential of one versus the other. That's what makes me happy that he's in this in this room. And Ben McAdoo's statements on, you know, shoot for the stars as well. You yes. know, it, it's really, it tells you a lot about what they plan on doing with the next guy. They're not going to go. They, they have tried their hand at the known commodity, right? Or the guy who has, you know, who, who, who might be able to be a game manager and get you where, you know, you want the team be the Ryan Tannehill. I think they have tried that. I think Scott Fitterer has seen in Seattle. That's not what it takes to win Super Bowls, right? You you don't you don't win with a game manager. 
you win with a guy who can take you there and consistently perform. Because even if you get there with a game manager, if you don't win, you're not getting back. It's just not going to happen. It's refreshing to him to to hear him say that one because it just gives you a voice in the room that isn't scared. Right. Two, yes. two is that it's nice to hear um, a offensive coordinator who again is kind of playing to have a job right. to not be yeah. like I want the safe option because having the better quarterback ready for him would make it easier if it would be for him. So it's just nice to hear, and, and that's just right. It's just a right evaluation is to say this, is you got to pick a guy that you believe can be the dude because there have been hundreds of blase, blase guys that haven't been awful but haven't been any good either Right? Yeah, uh, that yeah. are just um, lifelong backup quarterbacks, and you can go from – Blaine Gabbert down the list of guys that, oh, look, we even saw Paxton Lynch in uh, the a a USFL throwing picks like crazy. Is that like you have to, there's a lot of guys that can hold the clipboard and occasionally look good, but there are very few guys that are the, the dude right at quarterback. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to find. So you got to, Got to get that. That's why we like Cam because you got that big out, like that dude that you thought was just the best dude on the field. Uh, yep. Whether you believed it was as a quarterback, as an athlete, or anything else. Let's keep going through with these calls. 252-228-5098. Hey, y'all. It's me again, G. Cavassier. What's up, G? What up, G? Happy birthday. short little take on something, man. You know, Robbie Anderson saying he don't want Baker Mayfield. Oh, he don't man. want to play with him, this and that. Now, this is my opinion. It's just my opinion. I see him getting traded or something come draft day for some draft capital, maybe a third rounder or something like that. I just – I know he just signed a, a contract, and I don't know if that shit will stop him from being traded or released or whatever, you know. But, see, right here, shit like that, shit like that pisses me off, man. I'm just like, mm -hmm. that shit in-house. Don't say that shit publicly. Right. Y'all know what I'm saying? That shit is just – Especially if news, you actually man. have to play really with that is. dude. Man, dude, yeah. shit reminds me of damn Terrell Owens when he went to the damn Eagles. Y'all remember that shit? Except and Terrell Owens was an all-star. Was, <laughs> was, was a Hall man, of Famer. The Carolina Panthers be a damn circus show. You know what I'm saying? Please, no. So, give me your thoughts on that. And would y'all be against getting Kaepernick? Hey, give me your honest opinion. I know Ooh, he hasn't played in years. Give me your honest goal. opinion. I think uh, Robbie Anderson could be a Green Bay Packer. Yeah, mm. maybe. Look, I, I I definitely think we should get rid of Robbie Anderson. The guy doesn't produce, and he, all he does is talk. I just don't like Robbie Anderson. If he, 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 he needs some media training because I don't yeah. know what's going on. And as far as Colin Kaepernick goes, no, I, I don't want him. This guy's going already going back on his word from what he was saying five years ago. He says, now I'll come back in as a backup and making a minimum contract if you guys will just have me. I guess that settlement running right out. So. My thing is this: like, he's not in a podcast. Who, uh, Robbie or Kaepernick? Uh, Kaepernick. No. no, I didn't see him. Um, uh, we, we had so, but Robbie Anderson. It's like, dude. Okay, what he would prefer Colin Kaepernick overthrow him by ten yards rather than Sam Donald. What's the difference? You know what I mean? Like you're you're, you're gonna get overthrown or underthrown either way. So I don't you... necessarily know why you love one over the other. 
Um, Wouldn't it be worth also somebody right that he just wanted to play with a black quarterback? If uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, do you do you believe that it would be a uh, you know worth taking him on a minimum contract to at least let him battle for a position on the team? Like, I mean, dude, at this point, I'm just kind of like. At this point, I'm just kind of over it. Like, right. you know, it, look, I, I was, I, I've always said I had no problem with this protest. I think that he serves a better purpose as like a, 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 an advocate for the types of issues that he stands for. Do you think it would be more problematic for his issues to come back to the NFL right now? Um, I do you don't think know. it would dilute? Do you think it would dilute his position like or giving his, in? Like, like he would have to continue to double, not or, double, but like he would have would to it, kneel but, every time. If he doesn't kneel, make it less like, powerful because he's, you know, he's like he's coming back in. to play. And if so, he's if he comes back to play and he's just absolute garbage, well, we're just gonna remember him as a bad quarterback who never played, who who who, who protested and caused an uproar, but he was a bad quarterback. So his brand yeah. probably is helped. By being not ostracized by the NFL, where the NFL and the teams look more like the bad guy. And I I normally hate to talk about this type of shit, but my my opinion soured even over the last two years on Kaepernick. I don't know if any of you saw his Netflix show, but in 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 the first episode, he literally compares players going through the combine to slaves being sold at auction and it's like bro if that's the comparison that you're wanting to make why the fuck are you still trying to play nfl football like there's a big difference the millions of dollars are being paid to the players they're doing this by choice by the way way, they're doing it to all the white and hispanic football players too so (laughs) it like it to me that's what makes him seem like a hypocrite. I have no problem with this dude playing football, but now more and more, keep in mind, I was always on this guy's side before. Right. Now more and more, everything that he does seems like it's done just to get his name out there and to keep people talking. Well, about yeah, him. he did when he was with uh, Chad Johnson. He This was the podcast. It was with Chad Johnson and uh, I don't know if it was Hushman Zod or who, but they were like, he was talking about why a team – they did a role play. So Chad Johnson or somebody was not, who was it? It's the other receiver. But anyway, uh, they were like, I'm the GM. You pitch me why I should give you a chance and why you wouldn't be a distraction, why you wouldn't, you know. And they said, and they did bring it up. He said, well, what about the cost? You know, is he like you're controversial? What are the costs? Or he goes, when I signed my deal with Nike, their brand went up six billion dollars in value, and I was like, oh, "Gosh, wow. man, is that is that true?" Uh, one, but here's the thing: is I don't really, care. I don't like the idea of people. Look, you have your own free speech, a your own political ideas. I don't like to ostracize people based on their political ideas and things sure. like this. Mm-hmm. And that was the disservice to at the time is that it looked like teams just didn't want to touch them because of how. A, he was outspoken. Yeah, B, of of his actual political beliefs. But now, if you're talking about the Carolina Panthers kicking the tires on Colin Kaepernick, I don't want to kick the tires with Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, anything. I want a guy that represents a future for this team, not a temporary... I don't need a donut tire 
we don't need a gladiator. We need a uh, fucking uh, a leader who's going to get us there constantly, not yeah. somebody who's going to die after the first season, you know? Yeah, I need a, a I don't want a donut you know? tire. I want the 75,000 mile brand new set of tires on this mm-hmm. car. Um, yep. And that gives me confidence going. Few- so, like, even if Colin Kaepernick was better than who's ever on the roster, he he ain't going to But we're still going to be sitting here going, should we take a quarterback? Should we? And you might as well just sign Cam. Cam Newton's younger by three years than Colin Kaepernick. And, and- we love Cam. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, all right. Uh, next call. What's up? C3 is Noah. C3 is Noah. Now, let's get this talking because. A lot of stuff been going on in the Carolina Panthers organization for the last few days. Now, I saw that press conference with Ben McAdoo, and I got some few nice. words to say to that meeting. So let's get this started with the breaking news. Cleveland and Panthers are in a little deal with trading somebody. Not trading, but getting Carolina trying to get somebody. That, that's Baker Mayfield. And honestly, I think Baker Mayfield maybe, just maybe, our next year quarterback. I think if we put him on a oh, one year deal, see how that one year deal gets him a fresh start, get him out of season. And Robbie Anderson, oh, dear Robbie, I hate you. What you said to that man. But it's okay, you know. We um, I, 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 you talk about somebody else, but you was barely catching the ball. You getting mad at Sam Darnold and at the at the end of the yard line, he was You barely catch it. You dropped your half of the pass, and you don't even you. get a lot of yards. You're not a no, you're not a top. Hold on, my phone fell. You're not a top pure receiver. You can't be talking about nobody else but work on your game. Yes. Now, if you said the stupid like that again, I'm going to go ice cold on that man. But you know, <laughs> let us get that Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo. How are you going to say Sam Donald is our starting QB? How dare you say that? <laughs> Don't put a foot up your mouth. <laughs> but, up your mouth, dude. <laughs> I think when um, guys like him say that, do you know what Sam Donald did to this organization last year and the year before that? Not much. Man, go suck a ball, pack what you just said for that. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't understand these people. But he probably is. Uh, we do something. I don't know. Noah, Noah bring in the heat. Noah's bringing uh, the heat. I, I disagree the with the McAdoo take because I don't think I think McAdoo was like, oh yeah, of course he's the starter. He's the number one on the depth <laughs> chart. They showed me the depth chart. I said he's the starter, not PJ Walker. But I get what you're saying is that there is some trauma and some PTSD associated with us this organization quarterbacks and Sam Darnold being the most recent shell that has shocked our system. Robbie Anderson. Uh, you know, I liked Robbie Anderson and his first year and the antics, what that, what's that bear doing? Uh, but he was also 
um, a thousand yard receiver and killing it. The thing about Robbie Anderson is last year is right. Noah is not only did he not just produce overall for the season, but that first six game stretch for Robbie was really, really tough. He was dropping a lot mm-hmm. of pass. It might've been the first nine week. It was like, as soon as PJ or cam came in, he started catching or something, but he was stinking. So here's the thing is you can't be critical of Sam Darnold when you stink too. It'd be like Cam Irvin telling Sam Darnold he got to play better. Sorry, bro. You stink too. All y'all yeah. got to be quiet. All yeah. y'all got to be quiet. Yeah. And if anything, Baker Mayfield has had more success than really arguably all of them. Right. Um, yeah, to oh, this undeniable. point. I mean, I mean like I mean, I guess you could say Robbie has had two or three one thing. You know, I mean, he's been a pretty successful wide receiver, but not a starting quarterback. Who is yeah. yeah. And and so Mayfield to me actually is not the worst idea. I just don't think that it's that much better either than right. Sam Darnold. Is that I just think again, we're gonna kind of be like either uh we kind of like this dude. Or we're disappointed this dude. We're still looking for the answer. Um, so Noah bringing the heat. Any other comments to that before we move on? I mean, I just I think we've we've kind of all probably talked about this before, but you know, the 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 consensus is if the Panthers go offensive tackle at six, which is a very good possibility that we might. And by the way, a little preface, I wouldn't believe anything that you hear right now. If you hear the Panthers are taking a quarterback at six or we're trading back or we're drafting OT. No one knows. It's no one knows. They don't even know. It's smokescreen season. Even if they did know, they're they're being so, right. you know, picky and choosy about what they let leak right now. And they often will leak stuff on purpose, right? But with that said, if the Panthers take an offensive tackle at six, what do we think about them potentially even after the uh, – after the draft, going trade for Baker Mayfield. I'm very opposed to this because, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I believe if you were to uh, trade for Baker Mayfield, there's no way you're going to pay him, or there's no way you're going to play him just on that one-year deal on the fifth-year option. Because then that means between Sam Donald and Baker Mayfield, you're paying $39.5 million between the two of them. Right and you don't have either of them for more than one year. My final point on that is, if does that mean that if you traded for Baker Mayfield, that you're then going to sign him to a new contract as soon as you trade for him? Can't do that. You can't do no. that. I don't think it means – I think a lot of people have said that the only way that a Mayfield a Baker Mayfield works is if the team eats some of his salary, right? Like it's like if somehow in the deal – He's not as expensive right. or you either swap him for Sam Darnold. And then it's kind of, they're both on their fifth year option and they're probably both the exact same price tag. So it's just an even wash, but you're right. Is that it would be foolish to, I, hopefully we've learned our lesson with Sam a little bit is like, don't project goodness. Let's see it first before we start thinking about the future. Um, and that's again why Mayfield just isn't super appealing. And to be yeah. honest, he is like with Robbie doing this, with uh, Mayfield saying he's not really interested in Carolina, or at least implying that it doesn't look like it's a match made in heaven right now. 
It doesn't. No. So, all right, next call. CP, I got one more thing to say oh, too. The man of the hour. No, but um, I don't hate Ben Mackle. I think he may be one of our better um coaches. Tech, yeah, our coaches. I'm telling you, man, Noah's on. But but I just didn't like what he said about Sam Donald. Sam Donald will never be our coach. Not our coach, our quarterback. It's probably going to be Baker Mayfield. You know, but I actually like that interview. I think he did good answering the question. Keep telling us, I'm out. Noah, great call again. Uh, and I think we just all agree with that is yeah. that it's it's a fair point to have that so you're done with Sam Darnold. It really seems like the Panthers have been up until this past week, too. Um, they have not been glow. They've, man, they've been very vocal about adding to that quarterback room, um, to adding to this and being open to adding it to right. the draft. And just the end of the ultimate question is, is are you going to add an offensive lineman like Cody said, and then try to give this year a go either with Sam Darnold or fill in any other veteran type, Jimmy Garoppolo, Minshew, pick, pick the name, Cam, whatever it is. Or are you going to try to get a rookie? You know, there's a, so it's not out of the question of my question. I guess my final question or final point about May Mayfield, more of a question, is that if something like that Mayfield was going to happen, and take the money part out of it, Cody, because you're right. Yeah. Like now, are you signing a contract? When does the trade actually happen? Because I feel like, you know, um, Cleveland's not getting a lot for him right now. No. But what if? the draft happens, we get our tackle and then we're out there trying to shop for a quarterback. I feel like that lose, we lose some leverage. Maybe you do it on draft night, right? Like, is that all of a sudden you're at six and you just say, this is a, you call up Cleveland and say, Hey, do you want something right now for Mayfield? And they say, yeah. And And they say, here, we'll give you, what's the cheapest you go. And they say a fourth next year you go done and then you pick a tackle yeah i mean dude listen um uh, dude this year is gonna be crazy man this draft y'all need it's to gonna be fun yourself. this is gonna be a fun it, it really 10. is and yeah. it is it's gonna be fun for so many different reasons not only do we not know what the panthers are gonna do but we genuinely don't know how the board is gonna fall last right. year for months for months and months and months, we knew that Trevor Lawrence was going number one. We knew Zach Wilson was going number two. Right now, there's a debate on, is Aiden uh, Walker, Aiden Hutchinson going to go number one? Is Trayvon Walker going to go number one? Might Evan Neal or Kevin Kwanu sneak up into that position? And all those guys might potentially fall down to us. So and not only that, too, but each positional group has its own, con- not controversy, but it's unclear. So what yes. if it's Evan, Neil, Aquanu, and Cross? Like, there's not a clear consensus of agreement of right. who yeah. the guy is there. Even when you go to quarterback, Pickett, Corral, and Willis, all of those guys could, are arguably, there could be a case made to pick one above the other. There is not even a clear consensus in a group, let alone all the groups together 
ahead of us. And then you got the Carolina Panthers website running picks about like, what is Detroit going to do it too? This is yeah. going to affect what we do. Yeah. This is a, it's going to be, it's one of the more like uh, intriguing. One to remember. Yeah. It's mm. just intriguing because I think there could be 10 ways we could be upset as Panther fans and 10 ways we could be happy, you know? So like, it's like which offensive lineman, you know, I right. mean, they could, you know, like, well, all right. Which quarterback, Oh, a trade back, which players we get in there. I mean, there is a lot of scenarios where you could be happy. There's only what would make you unhappy. And I think it's just like, Drafting that safe safety dude. Right. <laughs> Phil's close over there going, we need another safety. And they get that. What's his name? Kyle. So every year, uh, like every year, and Greg knows this. Last year, me and Greg were all on the Isaiah Simmons train when Isaiah yeah. came out, right? Or, mm-hmm. or year before last, rather. Um, and, and then it's like, you know, then we got Derek Brown. And then a lot of us last year won either Justin Fields or Rashawn Slater. And then here comes J.C. Horn. So it's always like, you know, there's always like this, oh, okay, type of, oh, that's who we drafted, you know, type of feel when, 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 we, when we draft, you know. And by the way, I think J.C. Horn is going to be a lot down corner in the NFL. Right. Um, but I, I, I don't know, man. And then you're, you're right, Tony, even with the offensive tackles. Like, so I just finished my top 50 big board. I haven't shown it to anyone yet i'm still kind of working on it but i do have my top 50 and i have a kemaquanu ranked as my number one offensive lineman in this draft even over evan neal uh just because of that same thing that we've been talking about with the quarterbacks and that's traits i believe evan neal has a higher floor right now and he is a day one starter ready to play in the nfl at left tackle but I believe that Kevin Kwanu has the ability to be an absolute freak show mauler by the time you polish him up at left tackle or at guard. So, I, you know, if he falls to us, then I don't know. Maybe this Baker Mayfield thing does start to become real. The last thing I'll say, though, Tony, is that it doesn't shake this narrative that the Panthers shot for their quarterbacks at the bargain bin. Can can I say too, just touching back on that Baker Mayfield and trading for it part, any team would be stupid to trade for, even if you want to be stupid to trade for him right now. After right. the draft, his value is going to drop tremendously. Plus, he doesn't have a no trade clause, but he does have a clause that he has to go to a team that he wants. So it doesn't really matter if we wanted him and he, if he didn't want to come here, he doesn't have to. But after this year, after this draft, he's going to get cut because that relationship is not fractured. It's severed. Like it's bad. The relationship between Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, he's getting cut. That's why you could call him on draft night right at the moment and just say, we're about to pick. We don't have a problem picking quarterback. All right, let's go to the next goal. There are two things. That fans come to C3 podcast for every week. The voice that makes them moist and wow, wow, wow. The growl that makes them howl. The growl that makes them howl. I love it, man. Next call. Hey, guys. This is 
Chuck from Elizabeth City, aka Carolina. Uh just kinda wanted to touch base on this Rock Hill, South Carolina situation. Now, I'm like anybody else. I can get mad at Tepper for hiring Matt Rule. He looked like the shiny June in the in the basket and he was a hot hire. And Matt Rule sold him sold him on some fool's gold. But see Tepper he, no matter how much money he's got, he doesn't know how to coach. He doesn't probably know how to pick a coach. Not yet. So if he stumbles and falls and fails on that, let's hope Federer's, Federer's a good fit because the next coach, Federer will have a hand in picking. And then the build can start correctly. Now, I don't want to bring the soccer team into this, but you kind of look at how that's being built, not to say it's right, but it started from scratch. And there's not as much pressure. There's not as many people looking and watching. But I'm going back to the Rock Hill situation because he might not know how to pick a coach or if he was the one draft and pick a player. But one thing David Tepper knows is money. We keep looking at this situation in South Carolina like we're millionaires. And the Rock Hill City Council and a lot of people involved are thinking they know or what's right and what's wrong. They're not looking at it through the eyes of a billionaire. Mm. I want a facility built and I want it world class. But if Rock Hill reneged on their payments and we're getting all kinds of wind that they didn't do this or didn't do that or they agreed and the Panthers drug their feet. But if they didn't live up to their end of the bargain, Tepper when it comes to money is not going to blink. And he would rather lose that money that he's already started to prove a point and build this facility somewhere else. When everybody gets worried about him leaving Charlotte, look, he's showing everybody where he puts his money, where his mouth is. And there's one thing he does know is how to spend money and when to spend money. Might not know how to pick a coach, but he knows all about the world of finance, business, and when to make a deal. And I'm not on the side on this, but I think the state of South Carolina and the city of Rock Hill overstepped their boundaries in dealing with a they man did. they thought was they made a mistake. That they were going to kind of get their way and push and, and squeeze. And I think the pandemic had a lot to do with it, too. But David Tepper showed them. So the thing with David Tepper yeah, is, play with when it comes to stuff like, um, I think Kevin was the one that said that he does own the land, right? So if he owns that land, it, like he can just hold on to it. He don't need to cash anytime soon. He can just bulldoze that sucker in ten years, sell it. Um, but the other way is is that if we're talking about moving the team, it's probably not moving the team. It's like this is a power could be a part power play against Charlotte right. too. Like you want a stadium. This and when I say I want you to help fund it, I mean, I mean it. it. Yeah. And when you don't, then we're gonna have some issue. Like I'm ready to yeah, go to the mattresses over this. Yeah, I've, I've heard so, that that thought as well. Is like it's it's the long play for him. Like you know to to show not only just him but anybody else who does business with him. Like listen, these are the terms. There's not gonna be a renegotiation in the middle of it. Right. And and you know I was I was heavily and I'll be the first to say it. I was heavily against. David Tepper on this and you know the the more you you think about it the more it is 
like you think about how the state senators, you know, was saying what he said about like it's all very sleazy, right? Um, and I agree they came back out. And yes, I think in 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 you know, like he's saying, I I think that the COVID probably has something to do with it. I don't think any party entered into this with the intention of it ending here because their Panthers right. have lost a shit ton of money. The mm -hmm. I can tell you, Rock Hill is probably going to be in the hole, especially with the amount of money that they're going to. I know he might for. like litigate. Yeah, oh, he is. I mean, this... he will help one hundred percent do it, but. Um, I, I think that there's no doubt about that, especially when you think about how much money he's already got invested for no return whatsoever. That's a big loss, and I don't think uh, David Tepper is big on taking those losses. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more and more pro-Tepper on the, 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 the part of it um, because I just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And when you have politicians coming out and making statements like that, there's clearly an effort for them to try to get out in front of something to make themselves look better. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I mean, they're trying to sway public opinion on right. that. Uh, that's all that. I think you put it right, though, is I don't think that anybody entered into the agreement. I don't think Tepper entered into this saying, man, I'm going to use Rock Hill as a power play against Charlotte. But I think as he's sitting here looking at um, Rock Hill and he's going, man, if I do budge on this, what is what signals does that send to Charlotte? Uh, city council or whatever it is, as well as the right. state of North Carolina. And when we go into negotiations about a new stadium, hopefully is that that's going to show that maybe they're going to push hard, you know, give them a little bluster. Right. Or ability. Now they're sitting there going, shoot, should we mess with this guy? Should, how hard should we lowball this guy? Maybe we should just come at it straight. The number is two, five, two, 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 eight, 1598. Hey guys, it's Chuck from Elizabeth City, aka Carolina Sports Guy. You guys are killing me with these moving the team. Now I can see Orlando, Florida, because of the fact mm -hmm. that Tepper has lived in Florida, tax free, football hungry, kind of like Austin. But when you start pulling out places like Nebraska, <laughs> I was thinking of places with good college teams in Virginia. You Listen, right, I live in Carolina, but I live close enough and work in Virginia, guys. I'm telling you, the demographics do not work. Yeah, they will not come out. They don't have the, the money, the disposable income. There's Go back 40 years ago, people, 40, 50 years ago, when the NFL looked at Tampa Bay and Seattle's expansion teams, and Memphis was considered and came very close. Nashville wasn't heard of. The problem with Memphis, just like Birmingham and some of these cities now, they don't have the disposable income. They don't have the demographics. It's the same problem with Virginia. Charlotte's a good is a market right now. It would be silly to leave it. Charlotte and Raleigh, especially right. Charlotte, they have disposable income. The demographics are right. I agree. It's an attractive market here in the Carolinas. It doesn't make any sense for me. I think people are freaking out over this. It's time to pump the brakes. Well, I think we just had trying to field the idea of how yeah. far Tepper would go and like could what would be the most radical scenario. And there have been, I mean, look, you saw teams move to Las Vegas. You right. have heard about expand of teams either moving or expansion to San Antonio, Austin, that area. It's just you're right, though, is the the leaving Charlotte part would be the ridiculous part of it. Not going to Austin. 
you know, you can make an argument for why a football team could work in those markets. Right. But imagine if a team left Charlotte, wouldn't that be like, man, it uh, like, wouldn't you want to be like P Diddy saying, Hey, we want to put a team in back in Charlotte because the market can handle it. I think it can. I mean, you're right. Raleigh, Raleigh Durham area is growing big is big, but I don't even know if it's big enough to completely handle it, but. I would put yeah. Raleigh in, out in the conversation for a practice facility. Like uh, I think it's if, too if, far if, away, if, I feel like. But um, but dude, like but, there are te- there's a bunch of other teams that go out of state for training camp. Hell, the Cowboys right. the, the Cowboys go to yeah, Los but Angeles a practice facility would be like where camp. they hold their daily practices, right? Like they would want to live <laughs> within the vicinity of the practice facility and probably the stadium as well. Like like that's why Rock Hill is not. It's like a jump, hop, skip, and a jump away from Charlotte, right? Yeah, it's not like this. Yeah. Like, but training camp is a completely different story. Like, the Saints have traveled yeah. up to West Virginia for training camp. Like, that's right. that's an understandable difference. Get everybody away from the distractions of being close to home, all that stuff, and have them focus solely on on football. That almost makes sense to a degree. Whereas having a practice or a, a headquarters for your team, because that's what it would be. It's not just a practice facility. It is a legitimate headquarters for the Carolina Panthers. And to have that be more than a, and even more than an hour away from the the the, the actual stadium just seems a bit uh, a bit more of a problem, not just for the organization, but for the players and the and the coaches as well. I wish they would move to Raleigh. I wish they put above any of this. Somebody said pro baseball team. I, um, I go to Hurricanes games a lot. It's an hour and twenty minutes door to door from my house. Football games are so exhausting for me to go to. Yeah, it's, it's a so four. Long. It's a little over. It's a four and a half hour drive. Like and if, it's Sundays, so yeah, it's not it's like you have a day. night to be able to relax after that. You yeah. like get up and go to work the next day. It's such a long day. It's impossible. Sometimes I've done it where you've driven that morning and then you go home, and that's the worst. I usually go on yeah. Saturday and then go to the game. And then come home after the game and uh, you get home at 11 30, 12 and you walk out the stadium. You're trying, that's with you running out of the stadium, trying to just get in your car and go. Right. Have you ever thought yeah. about moving to Charlotte? No, like that's there's great. no reason to man. Both of my parents live here in town and I got a yeah. job here. Like it would just and be dude, like, let me tell you, Charlotte is so fucking ridiculously expensive now, dude. Yeah. Like I, I honestly, like I'm in Charlotte for now. I don't know how many more years I'll be in here just because like how every dude, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you everything like Charlotte is one giant uh, least area for new apartments. Like everywhere you look, there's a new apartment complex yep. shooting up. You know, it's like it's it, and those, it's those apartments cost ridiculous amounts of money. Oh, yeah. dude, and so well, you I know what? Even, and if it's happening, if it's happening in a little town like or a little city like Greenville, where these things have or are, we finally have gotten uh here the housing boom that charlotte and raleigh is used to right over the last few years is like our prices our houses used to just go up two three percent every year just steady never went down but never this like oh man our, our house went up 15 percent mm-hmm. last year yeah um so now we're feeling that. So if we're feeling that, you know, Charlotte and Raleigh are like tripling oh, at this yeah. point. Dude, so we did... bought our house 20 or two years ago and our house and value has gone up by 20% in just the two years. 
since That's we nice. purchased it. Um, oh, yeah. shout out to uh, Grid Off Grid. He says, I have a place nearby you. And shout out to a uh, boy, Daniel. Uh, another run into another person. He goes, Hey. Aren't you the host of the C three Panthers podcast? I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah, it's nice. Dude, I have a story for you. I, there's this place by me, and if you're listening, brother, shout out to you. There's this pizza place by me called Mister Jim's Pizza. One day, I call, I order a pizza, uh, I get the, the the meat pizza, whatever they have there. It's like, hey man, I gotta ask you a weird question. Are you on the C three Panthers podcast? I'm like, yeah, man, I am. He's like, man, I'll listen to you all the time, dude. Just dude, a, from said, the voice? Just from yeah, your voice? Yeah, from my, from oh, my voice. That's you awesome. You recognize me from the podcast, dude. That, that's that awesome. was, dope. That is really Yeah, cool. I was awesome. not, not prepared. So shout out to you, man. He works at Mr. Jim's Pizza. I wish I remembered your name. But uh, yeah, that that's definitely cool, man. Um, all right, next next call. Hey, guys. Chuck, Chuck from Lisbon City, a.k.a. Sports right Guy. I'll call him one last time. I kind of want to talk about the draft. Guys, I think we definitely have to take offensive line, left tackle, get us the center of the draft, any other position addressed in this draft. Let's make it a safety or depth at defensive line or get a linebacker with one of these picks. Just take a gamble on one maybe late in the draft. Leave the quarterback alone. I got this novel concept here. Kind of get it from when you watch college basketball, NBA games at halftime, when they bring the fan out for a million-dollar shot of making a half-court shot, we'll address every position but quarterback on this team. And every week, the Panthers will pick one lucky fan out of the stands for one series and let them throw the ball or hand it off. There's Billy Boy, from Rocky until he's back to pass. Oh, no, a three-yard pass and it's picked off. It would be fun. That's the concept I've got. Because I just don't have any faith in us getting a quarterback right now. Well, they have mentioned Scott Fitter did mention that there is a a game plan of building a team and having it ready for the quarterback when you find the quarterback. So let's just say this is picking an offensive lineman, no problem with it. Uh it better be a tackle at six. If you trade back and get that center, I'd still be a you better get something else good in a trade back. Right. I don't care what people say. At least say a second about back. That, that sit, I don't care about what they say about how good that center is. We just went out and got a free agent center. He's not going to really contribute this year. We need a guy. We would love to have a guy that's going to be a difference maker on day one uh, in this draft. And, and a, a tackle would arguably do that. Yep. A quarterback would establish the hope to potentially do it. Anything else, though, I'm going to be upset. Imagine if we, like, traded back and we got a safety and, like, a linebacker. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be the worst. The linebacker, if we've got a dope-ass linebacker, you got, like, the next Luke Keekley. The real thing is is that, that the Panthers, all of its fans for the past however many years now, have been shouting at the top of their lungs for two positions. Yeah, let's not make it for too complicated. For two positions. Folks. Only two of them. It's a quarterback and it's a tackle. And it, a close third you, is linebacker. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, dude, if you can't hit on one of those and you don't even try to after your offensive line and quarterback room has been so bad the past few years, everyone should be fired on the spot if it's not a quarterback or a tackle. 
or mm-hmm. a lineman. It doesn't even have to be a tackle. It could be like a badass guard like Zion Johnson or uh, a center like Tyler Linderbaum. That would be great too, you know, but uh, it has to be one of those two positions. All right. Uh, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We also, uh, those are all the calls for right now, but I do, we got one last uh, kind of topic to discuss in the news. They were asked Phil Snow. How about the The one thing is c- reporters asking questions to guys that they know they won't answer. Like uh, Ben McAdoo, they ask him about the draft and he says, I'm like, man, talk to me after the draft. I'll tell you what I think about that. But that's fine. Like, I feel like some of these are poking and prodding questions. Like, you got to ask them to ask them, even if they don't answer them. Right. And that tells us something. You have to do at least. It would be a travesty to not ask the most glaring question. But to the guy who asked Phil Snow about the practice facility today, what kind of dumb question what is phil snow gonna be like yeah well like i've been i've uh, been in touch with the south carolina legislature and it really seems like they screwed us over like it just was like the weirdest ask to phil snow out of all people but, i mean to matt rule you could have said oh what do you think about the like what if phil's like yeah man i'm really disappointed I'm looking forward to us practicing there in two years like what i mean like <laughs> silly uh silly so um but here he was uh asked about some of the new faces on this defense. And this is uh, the most break, the recent news. And this is the time of year. After the draft, you get the OTAs. You're going to get these little moments. Like they had a couple of days of practice where you saw Dante Jackson putting the weight on the rack. You saw Robbie Anderson doing his dancing in the, in the locker room. And then you had the typical people like, you should be studying. No having, no smiling. They come no up there. No smiling, bro. Um, but there this is the time of year where no news is good news because usually news is either people getting hurt training you don't want any injuries in the off season and you don't want any arrests panthers newly acquired linebacker damian wilson was arrested after allegedly uh, threatening to kill his ex-girlfriend and part of the story goes wilson's ex-girlfriend said that she broke up with him and then Wilson showed up at her apartment and threatened to kill her with a tire iron per report. She also said, this is my favorite part of the story. She also said that Wilson took her laptop and put it in a blanket and then smashed it on the ground, but said it was her cat. <laughs> so he tried to scare her by, um, so I, when I was reading this, I was already forming Dude, opinions what? as I'm reading it. And so I'm like, why would you take somebody's laptop, put it in something soft, and then go about smashing it? Like, I don't want to get glass anywhere. And then I read the next line. He's like, and I'm going to kill your fucking cat. Bam! And you're like, oh, my God, you Just, killed my You killed the cat. You, it's like a Boondock Saints. Do you remember what do you think slams the thing in the like, can? She's hearing Wait. this crunch and she's thinking she's just smashing the skull. Like, and that's what she's hearing. She's like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. That's great. So wait a minute. Did you think it was her laptop or her fucking cat? No, he tried to play it from this report. It's like he, he put her laptop in a bag and, or in the blanket and didn't tell her it was the laptop. 
and was like, I'm going to kill and I'll just smash your cat on the ground like I'm going to smash you. And then goes to smash it. And it turns out he. Oh, but oh, he was the one that said the cat is in the bag. Right. Yeah. It was her laptop. Yeah. Like he was uh, trying to yeah. scare her. And then it turned out that he actually did pick up the cat and he thought it was the laptop. And now we got a dick. No. I think of Boondock Saints, man, one of the best scenes. He's like that uh, the funny man is just going crazy and he smashes his hands on the table and there's a gun on the table and it goes off and the cat is right beside it and just blows this cat to smithereens, his girlfriend's cat. Have you guys not seen that? Yeah, it's been so long. Oh, yeah, long, yeah, it's been a long Boondock time. Boondock Saints, like one of my top movies. Love that. I just watched it recently. Yeah. Um, uh, so this is not the first time. I actually saw another story. Yeah. In 2017, he was um, not charged. He wasn't ever indicted, but supposedly backed in. The, the story I read said backed into a lady with his car. So I don't know if she was in the car, in another car, or if he hit her with the car. Which, by the way, he tried to run this girl over, too, supposedly. Hmm. Um, and then he brandished a rifle or a gun. And then the next line was, but he wasn't indicted. And I was like, gosh, so everybody saw him hit this lady with a car, point a gun at her, and then he doesn't get charged? That's crazy. Oh, so did, did you hear the other shit connected? Like the, uh, so dude, th- like this guy seems like he has real, like legit problems. Uh, so he was accused of damaging her patio, destroying her laptop, trying to run her over with his car, and choking her friend. Uh, Panthers spokesperson wow. says the team is aware of the situation, but will not have a comment at this time as it's a pending legal matter. Wilson's attorney denied the allegations. Wilson was also arrested on assault charges in Texas in 2017 after being accused of hitting a woman with his truck following an argument over a parking space. Wilson was accused of brandishing a gun during the argument. A grand jury did not indict him. So, man, it's like, didn't we just get rid of a linebacker last year because they didn't fit the culture? And it's like, they now didn't get this, a vaccine. They didn't yeah, get a vaccine. Right? Didn't get a vaccine. He got a speeding ticket. And now we're getting a guy who gets speeding tickets for using this car to hit women, dude. It's like, all right. I, I saw this in this suppose wow. report said that he tried to run her over with the car. Like you said, it's like, or threaten her with a tire. Like, when is this, uh, a, like, um, isn't there a difference between, like, that's like attempted murder. Right. right like, or with assault. a deadly weapon. Yeah, like, I yeah. mean, so. Um, don't yeah. do this, folks. Uh, I like the laptop cat switcheroo, though. I'm okay with that part. It's like the cat switcheroo, like, oh, I just smashed your cat to smithereens, too, over there. I'm okay with that. But the trying to run over people with your car. Right. Now, if he would have really smashed the cat, I wouldn't have been cool with that. You know what I'm saying? But like that is um, somewhat inventive. The sleight of hand. (laughs) (laughs) It's that manipulation, man. That's that's a real manipulation. Uh, And her name was like uh, Soblowski, Soblowski. So I'm just interested to see like what her origins are. Is that like... The cat Eastern or the girlfriend? European. No, the girlfriend. <laughs> uh, it was per. It was Persian. The cat oh, was Persian. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. okay, cool. Um, 
All right. Well, to me, I don't think I think that about covers it, folks. When it comes to the show, we still got to do some ice up picks, but we've gotten through all the McAdoo talk and the Phil Snow talk, which thank like CK said, thank you for that, or it would have been a desert tonight. Right. Somehow we with all of that, we're able to go almost three hours again. The calls were great tonight. Noah brought it. Happy birthday, G. Um, and oh, now I guess it's yeah, um, the young bucks are, are taking over the streets, man. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Damian uh, Lewis scared us all for a second. Turned out it was just a laptop. And uh, now it's time to ice some fools up. This is the longest running segment of the show where we tell someone and our, our homage to Steve Smith. Oh, oh no, I got one thing we got to do last. So I went on the radio station this past Friday. And my friend, uh, Clip, he said, I did this fun exercise during the rain delay. He was calling the game uh, and he like was on Twitter and they were just kind of keeping the trying to keep things going. And he said, this is name one person on your team. And he changed. He altered the question for me for the Panthers. Who is your all time Panther that you would have fight your worst enemy? Uh Who is the all-time panther that you would have marry your daughter or your sister so your son-in-law and then the last one this one was a fun one is who is your all-time panther that you would have for a roommate we would want for a roommate for a year oh i feel like this is easy the first one's easy like there's only like two or three answers i'll let greg and ck go first all right, give me the uh, first the category again. Fight, fight, fight like your, your worst, worst enemy. enemy. Yeah, like is who would who would you want to go into a bar fight with you? It's Steve Smith. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that. I was trying to think of one of the bigger guys though. Julius, um, uh, not uh, some people said Julius Peppers, I was say but Peppers, I don't think but... he's mean enough. Like I don't <clears throat> think he's like mean enough natured. Uh, yeah, I Steve think, Smith's uh, got to be it. Yeah, I think I Greg would... Hardy would be an option. I would take Thomas Davis too. Just kind yeah. of tough guy. I think that's um, pretty tough. He'd have my back. Uh, okay. Uh, Who it, is he's it? Not, he's not my answer, but I feel like an underrated one for helping you in the bar fight would be Luke Kingsley. No. Because remember, like everyone thinks he's the nice guy. And yeah, you'd want him to marry your daughter or sister or whatever. But remember, on the football field, Luke would flip that switch and go fucking crazy. So I kind of think maybe he would be good there, but Greg Hardy would have the cocaine and the guns. I'm, I'm and changing he's got mine. Some MMA. Yeah, I'm changing mine to, to Ray Carruth. Oh, no, don't do that one. You and Damian <laughs> Lewis. Damian Lewis was smashing. Uh, I'm saying you wouldn't be a cat. I think there is one. I got one other name that's kind of a surprise, not a surprise name, but I think Big Money Charles Johnson would probably be a good fighter. Yeah. Wait, yeah. that's just a mean honking dude from Georgia that will bust your ass. Um, all right, next one is this is who would you want to marry your sister or your daughter? Like who would you want to be in your family and taking care of somebody uh, that you loved? Christian McCaffrey. Okay. <laughs> that's what my wife said is she goes, I hope it's Christian McCaffrey. Greg Olson. I would Okay. Yeah, yeah, Third leg, one. Greg. Um, I would say <laughs> I would say Jeremy Chen. 
Uh, Jeremy Chan, sister, daughter, that, that that would be a good one. And by the way, I want to be the first to comment on who my roommate uh, would Kevin, be. Kevin, uh, that's who my buddy said. He th- he says Jake DeLone would be a good one. Yep. Uh, Graham Gano is another good one, too, even though Tony mm, can't don't stand like him. him. Uh, I, I, the, the person that I would room with, mine's between two people, and they're both corners. It's either between Josh Norman or Dante Jackson. Ooh, that's a good one. Those are um, both real good ones. Those yeah, are because you'd have such a good time. Yeah, they like, would be fun. They're yeah. good. They're good. Like go easy, fun loving dudes. My answer for Mary and my daughter would be Jordan Gross. Mm. Um, not only is he healthy now, but he like has a farm. He's very funny. He's got yeah. like he's got, like he would be a good addition. Uh, the only bad thing was my daughter's and that last name would be gross, but I would just be like, hey, every time you guys get in bed, it's gross, so don't do it. Don't be gross. Don't be gross. Fair enough. Uh, George, uh, Josh Norman's a good one. I think Dante's cool. I put Cam. I, like, I feel like I just like Cam so much, Like, but my friend said this. is How are you going to have a, con- a conversation with Cam for a whole year? Uh, <laughs> and then, this is the best one. This is the best one. Who would you be most scared to live with? I, that was what my altered question was. It was like, imagine Steve Smith being mm. your roommate. You would just be in living in terror the whole time. Like, who ate my cheese nips? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God. You know, would- you know who would be the best, though? Like, do you talk about who has the most fun in any Panther social media, like videos or anything? It's always special teams, guys. Oh, yeah. Well, you no. know? So yeah. JJ Jansen would probably be mine. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one too. I also was gonna say I think somebody fun to room with would be Mike Tolbert. I feel like he'd be a really Ooh. fun guy to yeah. be around. Yeah. Uh, his mom don't like me. <laughs> uh, you know, another underrated name is uh, Jonathan Stewart. I think he'd probably be cool to hang out. I with think him. he would be so nice. It'd be like he yeah. would always have a nice apartment. We'd always do yeah. the dishes. Exactly. He'd always respect friendly. your shit. Yeah, um, you pay his bills on time. Yeah, you know, D'Angelo cool. Williams at one point would have been a good answer, and then you got to know him, and you don't like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they got to be fun, but they also have to be reasonable. So, like, if you oh, somebody, Ryan put, Khalil. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, Ryan, that's he's a up yeah, he's but a I don't like his brother. Movie. Like, it would be awkward every time his brother came yeah, over. Really. I'd be like, man. Have you always oh, liked God, all of yeah. hey, have you, you always better liked bring all... some beer, right, Matt? You better have bring you all always beer. liked all of your friends' brothers? I know I sure shit has I know, but if I gotta pick them, um and somebody said Robbie Anderson, but imagine like that would be cool nah. for like one day and then you would be like Dude, Yeah, you just get tired I of that shit after anymore. I mean, he seems like, I cool. like my head hurts by this conversation. But he doesn't I'm seem trying like to like <laughs> personable, really. Like I don't know. I don't know the dude, yeah. so it's like it's hard, to, yeah. it's hard to tell him, but all right. It's more personality on social media than in, in reality, it seems. Yeah. Fun exercise. Um, all right, let's ice some fools up, guys. This is our homage to Steve Smith, the guy you want in a bar fight, the guy you might not want as a roommate. Got to put a dang bolt, deadbolt on your door because you're sleeping in terror. What are you doing in there? Why is the door locked? <laughs> oh no, Steve's mad again. Steve's <laughs> mad again. Um, so what are you, you guys, anybody got an ice up pick for me? Tonight? Uh, someone go first. I'm, I'm trying to make sure okay. I got all the, um, I, I can go real quick. Um, okay. yeah. mine's simple. I don't really know who 
exactly to ice up in this situation, uh, either the parties involved or the administration. Um, so there's the the White House um, Easter celebration thing they do, right? And there's there's a video that I've seen of Joe Biden who's talking to reporters and people that are there, and as he's being asked questions about policy and different things that a president should be able to answer the Easter bunny is sent to him to get to rescue him. And basically the Easter bunny controlled our president and directed him where to go. And like a man in, in the early stages of dementia, he followed him and kind of stumbled <laughs> away from everything as he was being asked questions that a president should be able to answer. So I want to show this. I don't know if y'all seen this video <laughs> or not, but I have the video. If you want to see it, it's pretty funny. Um, the Easter bunny just kind of comes and it almost seems like he doesn't even realize he's there. He kind of has to wave right in front of him and then he kind of takes his hand and, and walks him away and i'm just wondering why first of all who is the easter bunny i've got the video <laughs> right here you, like, you want me to play it yeah go ahead and play it like who, who's in the suit like who was who the person that was in the what why would why would the administration not send an there's like two different angles look, look hey i'm here i'm here i'm here come with me <laughs> <laughs> like like and then he just kind of wanders off he's like thanks for saving me easter where, where, buddy where, where, where am i going Oh, dude, the worst, dude, the worst one. I saw this the other day too. Joe Biden was at a panel giving some speech, and he quits the speech and turns to his right and goes to shake someone's hand, and there's no one there. There's no one there. And I he actually let, have that video dude, if you want to see it. He looks dude, really old. He I have looks, looks around. Really I can't believe America votes for the people. Or when he walked in, there's one where he walked into a room and he's like. Where am I at? What am I supposed to be doing here? Here's the thing about the Easter Bunny, though, Greg. I saw a picture of somebody put up these Easter Bunnies from like 1950 and 1960 that kids went and sat in their lap, and they were so terrifying looking. So Joe Biden is just like, man, the Easter Bunny of my day was terrifying. This bunny, I'll roll with this one. That's true. So ice up, uh, old man, old sleepy Joe. Yep. Um. CK, you got one for us? I'm I'm just gonna. I, my son has just started T-ball, and um, I'm you know, God bless his soul. He is not good. Like, and I know he's just started, but when you look at him compared to the other guys, it's just undeniable how bad he is. And like, I just I I try. He has the worst uh, attention span of any child I've ever met. Like. I will be telling him not to do something, and he immediately goes back to it the moment he gets an opportunity. But anyway, um, he was ba- up to bat, and uh, it's T-ball, so the ball's not moving. But uh, the the thing that I, you know, we were running into is uh, he was up there, and every time, every time he goes to bat, and they were doing ten bats in a row. Every time he had to basically reteach him how to swing the bat. And like I said, I can understand it's some of his first. This has been every practice for like a week or two weeks or three weeks, somewhere in that ballpark. And uh, so he's being taught, you know, swing the bat, do it this way. Well, he decides to act like the bat is a pool stick and like hit the ball off the like <laughs> the end of the bat and just like, and I'm just like, I'm over there. I'm that dad just like, Blake, no, Blake. I'm just yelling, yelling, like, Sounds no, like you need to buy a, a T-ball kit off of Amazon. I've got one. And he just does not enjoy it. He does not. He hates it. Um, And so now 
he's really into soccer. I'm hoping that's an avenue. He's he's always wanted to talk about doing. I was like, do you want to play t-ball before even? He's like, no, I want to play football. I'm like, oh god, okay. And so we'll yeah. see. But like right now, I just got to ice him up because it is. It's, I bet I'll, I'll ask myself up more so than anything because like I am such so, like I'm that dad that's just constantly like Blake, pay attention, get your hands out the dirt. He goes to third base. He gets a, dirt, a bunch of dirt in his hands. He's out there by himself at uh, on third base, and he's just like dirt pies. I got dirt pies, and he's just yelling that to everybody. I'm just like, oh god. <laughs> Best story about that for I coached this kids the same type of league. It was a. I think I don't even know if it was T ball. Yeah, it probably was. Uh one time this kid on first hit a hit, got on first base, and then he took his helmet off and turned it around backwards and ran blind to second base when they hit the ball. And he was like, he couldn't see. That one was a fun one. And another one was it was so hot one day. It was like a bazillion degrees, and it was like in July. And this one kid just says, Fuck it, man. I'm going to get some water. And he walks off the field and all the other kids look at him and like, we're going to go get some water. And the whole team <laughs> just walked off the field. We're like, all right, time out. That kid's um, a real leader, man. He's got, <laughs> he's got gumption. I like that. Right. Funny, uh, so this was the uh, video of, of Joe Biden. What the hell? And, and then watch. He's like, okay. He's looking. Put the hand up. <laughs> And he turns and it over behind him, too. Look, no look. There, there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they were supposed to be. Nah, he's like, nope. Where, Dude, the the only, where am I supposed the to be? The only is... reason why you would ever laugh at this is because this man is our president, y'all. Like, under no <laughs> if you ever saw something like this, you'd be like, oh, God. poor old man. Like, My that gosh. Guy. That's our president, y'all. He doesn't know where the fuck is at, dude. So and this terrible. isn't even political. Like no one's, no one's even talking Democrat Republican here, dude. That guy just doesn't have his brain anymore, dude. And it looked like he was uh, really like it wasn't like there. He just looked and expected somebody to be there. It was almost like, well. I'm gonna shake what? your hand anyway. And then he turned to his. <laughs> he turns behind him and does the same thing. <laughs> he's, taking, he's like, man, you guys, are, you missed your cue. You're supposed to be here already. Oh man, and he's be, he's told Obama he's running again. I'm just like, he is not. If the, if the Democrats let him get the nomination, oh my god, he's gonna, gonna die in office. The Democrats are a lost cause, dude. And, yeah. and that oh, doesn't matter goodness. what your political affiliation is. They're a lost cause. That but anyway, so um. Funny. To my actual ice up pick. Um, so I, I saw this trending on Twitter and like I didn't really like understand what it was at first. Um, so then I, I look it up and I'll just I'll, I'll show it to you. Right. So there's this listing for this house that was on Zillow. And oh, it's a you know $420 house. Nice house, right? You know, it's got some land. There's some signs. Oh, man. Nice, nice little open area. A welcome wreath. Nice kitchen. Appliances. Good stuff, right? It's like a magazine. Oh, a nice big master bedroom. But wait a minute. What does that sign say right there? It says... (laughs) It says, welcome Welcome to to Pound Pound Town. Town. (laughs) Dude, 
Stop. This is in the actual. You icing them up. You should be. Dude, this is. He's icing up the photographers at this point. Dude, if you're going to show a house, you're going to put that sign on the wall, dude. It's it's probably added 10000 to value, honestly. And then they just keep on like, oh, yeah, here's a bunch of other pictures and shit. It's because it looks so classy. It looks so nice. Yeah, dude, it says welcome to Pound Town, dude. That was it was trending on Twitter yesterday. So I'm like, dude, what? I I just saw Pound Town trending on Twitter. I'm like, dude, what the hell is this about, man? Um, Oh, gosh. (laughs) Ice up Uh, and thank you, folks. Yeah, ice up to whoever. Um, Put that sign uh, above their bed. Um, Oh, I also have have uh, an honorary uh, ice up. The, The guy who played Flash. Ursa Miller. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he... Was um, arrested for uh, throwing a chair, a second degree assault, throwing a chair at someone, and it was like the second time that he's been arrested in four weeks. It's the guy that plays Flash in all the all the DC movies. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this dude's like going off the deep end, having a breakdown. Or something. Oh, he's been going off. Try to run away yeah, afterwards. It's happened a number of times too with fans. Like he's gone off on fans and assaulted fans. Like it's just in the past few years, it's happened a bunch. So this is not really yeah. anything new, but it's it's got to stop. Oh, it's be, definitely uh, the end great if he tried to yeah. run away on foot after that. <laughs> Dude, it sounds I'm like he needs to go to Pound Town for a little while. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, <laughs> My uh, ice up pick goes to. Oh no! I thought I had it pause. Okay. Uh, this is a Republican legislation, and I don't care about your affiliation. This is a politician. Who cares what party they're from? In my opinion, I don't care. Uh, this is a politician in Tennessee. I guess in the state legislature. I haven't given you all the history lesson. Can you hear that? In a while, and yeah. I want to give you a little history on homelessness. 1910, Hitler decided to live on the streets for a while. So for two years, Hitler lived on the streets and practiced his oratory and his body language and how to connect with his, and then went on to lead a life that's got him in the history book. So a lot of these people, it's not a dead end. They can come out of this these homeless camps and have a productive <laughs> life. Dude, what? Uh, so, if Hitler can do it, you can too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, My man said this is. uh, I just thought this is that uh, he goes. uh, He wakes up that morning. They're having their staff meeting, and he's like, "Man, I really want to speak on uh, the American dream of overcoming adversity." upward mobility and success and even address the problem of homelessness and to give these people positive encouragement that there is an opportunity for them to have a future. And then the aide goes, Oh man. Okay. Uh, so he said, we need to find somebody in all of our history that represents this. And there you go. Well, what about Herbert Hoover? I mean, he was orphaned at age nine, self-made millionaire, public servant president hmm i don't think i don't think people know herbert hoover how about a more household name like hitler 
like what the hell like this is it was joe is this is joe biden giving the handshake just take the take the microphone away from these fools at some point let's stop electing these people look there's an age limit to get into congress there should be a cap yes there should be and there should be and there should be term limits like these yes. people that have been serving since yes. they were 100%. 20 years old and they're 85 now. Like, what are you doing, dude? Go to Florida like the rest of the 80 year olds mm-hmm. out there. But the fact that he was like, oh, Hitler, that's a good oh, comparison. Great, great one. I mean, that guy made it in the history books. I mean, yeah. he was a homeless artist and then he motivated, he tried for world domination. He strove for world domination. I mean, I guess domination. it wasn't wrong. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I mean, he must be anti Semitic. I say ice up to that. Um, and <laughs> this is, I guess it just goes to show you it's hard. There's certain jokes that just are hard to sell. Right. right? It like takes a real special delivery in person to do it. Hitler jokes, race, you know, you know, um, I think another one would be rape jokes are kind of hard yeah. to yeah. sell. Yeah. I have seen one good one though, and it was Dave Chappelle where he had the rapey superhero where he gets <laughs> like, but that's the only one. And Dave Chappelle could just make almost anything funny. Yeah. But these are certain things. Hitler jokes just don't Hitler analogies, unless you're just demonizing them, this is not good. This is not a good look. All right. Hard work. Uh so ice up. That's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. You can support the show by subscribing, smashing the thumbs up button, calling in at 252-228-5098. Don't forget, go to the Discord. You can find the link in the show notes um, and join the C3 Panthers podcast Discord. Submit your draft, your top 10. If you refuse to do the Discord... You can uh, tag me on Twitter, but you got to use the hashtag C3 Draft Party. If you don't use that hashtag, I won't take the entry, put them in, picks one through 10. Uh, we'll have a point system. We'll give away uh, some fun prizes on draft night. Um, and uh, show on Tuesday, we'll repump that out. Then the draft party on Thursday. And uh, then some real things to talk about other than speculation. Cody Lashney, thank you for your time and joining me. Fun as always. Tell them how they can get after you. Yeah, man. Find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. I've been saying it. I wonder how many people actually check it out. But look at DraftTech.com, man. I'm doing a lot of work over there for uh, DraftTech, writing for the Carolina Panthers. Check me out. Um, and then every Friday at 7 p.m., we do the Friday free-for-all where you can join the show just like we're doing right now, sitting here talking about the Carolina Panthers. I'll post the link for people to come in, join the stream. It's always a good time. Um, and, yeah, man, this draft is going to be upon us very soon, man. Be on the lookout for some content. We might try and do some interviews between now and the draft. We'll do some fun stuff, man. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. CK, uh, you can find me on the interwebs. You can uh check me out on uh Facebook gaming, Twitch, Twitter, uh, the Tiki Takis, and uh, and obviously here. And um, we're gonna try to continue, I guess, to put out some uh, some dope content for you guys. So keep your eyes out for that Greg? draft party being the next big thing. Yes, sir. 
You can find me at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> do another show Friday nights, nine PM Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. It's the Super Civil Servants Podcast. We talk about television, movies, books, all kinds of different forms of media. Uh, usually genred around superhero and fantastical stuff, action stuff like that. Uh, and you know, we got people from this show come on. You know, Kevin Boshoven, Tim Dizzy, Panther Pickle, and others come check us out. It's a fun time. It's right after the uh, Friday Free for All. Check us out. Fantastic, man. I uh, will see you on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Get in that Discord. And until then, remember, I guess we're going to have to keep pounding them beers. I didn't drink it all tonight. I'm trying to go. I'm going to have to take a little sobriety check until we get to this draft, I guess. We'll see you on <laughs> Tuesday night, folks. Friday, Tuesday, Thursday. We all around the, the place. Take us out of here, Cody. Keep pounding and pound town, baby. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.